Everybody, I'd like to take a moment and tell you about John and Teresa and how they reached out to Joe Azer in October with their eyes locked on a home to purchase close to where they were already living in King George, Virginia. They had a home to sell and a second property they wanted to hold on to if they could. Well, Joe walked them through the process over the phone, explained everything, had them look at sample financial summaries, and a week later referred them to an agent that works in King George that he trusted to get them to the finish line. Fast forward a few months and John and Teresa have bought their new home, sold their old home, and are moving Moving in their new place in just a few days. Friendos, buying or selling can be stressful, more so if you're working with pushy agents or lenders that don't care about you. Luckily, we have Joe. Be like John and Teresa and give Joe a call. If he can't help you directly, he knows people everywhere and will make sure you are taken care of. If you are buying or selling or just curious about what you might be able to afford or need a lender or just want to talk Commanders football, call Joe at 571-989-2937. That's 571-989-ACER. Tell him Tor says hello. Excellent. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on the Chad Duke Show. It's weird. It's, it's weird that, uh, well, there's a lot of weird things going on. Um, <laughs> it's weird that, A, Jester won't turn my mic on. I yeah. guess it's not weird. That's SOP. But it is weird that Buckles is the voice of the Fortress Film Society where he's never been here, not one, I don't think. Has he ever been up here for an episode? Oh, yeah. He was an original member. Yeah. What happened? It's, oh, he, he tried to quit. It's yeah. been like a year since we've done one with old yeah. Sasquatch. I remember being really disappointed in his movie face. I remember that. Yeah. There was that. There was that. I think he originally had his movie selection privileges revoked. Oh, right, right, right. Because he said, we watched that fucking... Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Sushi Girl. That was the second worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And then he had us watch that movie about uh, fucking uh, Drinking. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter oh. deciding to become an alcoholic. Oh, that was a great fun. movie. I liked that one. That, it was good, but he, he thought he looked like Owen Wilson and it was a frat partying movie. That's true. Yeah. He, I don't think he watched the trailer. I think, I think the real killer was when he almost suggested Rango. Right. I think that was the oh, actual... I fucking forgot about that. Yeah. And he called, it a, he called it a Western. Yeah. Remember? He didn't even like make mention that it was animated because he's fucking childish. I mean, I love the guy. I think towards I the end, he was pulling the Dane Strat for, uh, for the movie club. Good movies. In, the, in Google, I think like, that's kind of what Dane said he would just like type in good thrillers and then look at the first three movies on Amazon yeah. and pick one, which is always a... Bummer, and then of course Barty would just pick alt right movies that were documentaries. And he's like, I gotta get the fuck. We gotta gotta stop this. It's going I'd, great. He wouldn't watch it. He'd ask me what happened. Yeah, I did his homework for a little while too. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you're just fucking kicking over the apple cart, aren't you? Tonight's, <laughs> tonight's the night, everybody. Buckle in. Uh, welcome to the Fortress Film Society, Jimmy. I sound low in my headphones, but as long as the levels look okay, that's fine. Uh, I am your host, Shoot. We are broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes. This is your Monday episode the 27th jimmy got the date on the sheet thank you jim daddy uh as we speak i am making my way back from the outer banks not quite of north carolina anything's possible on those trips so <laughs> hopefully i'm not in davy jones locker but uh that is jim daddy to my left and to you right across your radio dial hello jim daddy hey there boy good to see you in the fortress of solid dudes presented by 
Monk's Barbecue in Percival. Monk's BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. Hope you went out there this past weekend. Loud Goat is here. Yes. Hello, Loud Goat. Hello. And uh, my arms are tired. I've rowed my canoe upstream both ways wow. to, uh, to get here tonight. So. Tremendous. My favorite part of that whole movie was Costanza clearly kept his shirt on every time he swam. Mm-hmm. But then the one time he was going to jump in, but he knew he wasn't because it's a movie, he went to pull his shirt off. And they're like, no, no, George, you don't have to get in. So they're like, oh, and he left his shirt on. I have a theory as to why his shirt was on the entire time. Yeah, I can tell you a theory. Same reason why mine is on in the ocean. He's a fat guy. Oh, um, mine, mine is slightly different, but we'll we, get we can get into that. Yeah. Uh, the, of course, we were, we're going to discuss uh, this next gentleman's movie, uh, The Burner. Uh, Dottie is here. Da burner. Hashtag da burner. Uh, Yo. The tuber Yo. picked that as well. Hello, tube. It is uh, it's your night to shine. Tonight. It sure is. Uh, before I shine, Jesse, could you turn my cans down just yeah. a little bit? Everything. I don't know yeah. what happens. Like we just did a show last night, and everything sounds completely different. So I think what Jester does, he comes in here and he sticks his dick into the board. <laughs> it's the only thing that I can think of. It's Jimmy, much better. Thank did you, you sling Sunny D all over the board? What's going on? Nope, not today. <laughs> okay. Um... Hudson is wearing his sleepaway camp shirt, uh, which is sure. nice. Me and you enjoy the gifts that are given to us by members of this show, yes. unlike other people sitting here at the table today. <laughs> Loud Goat clearly did not get the memo. House anyway. divided. Well, I mean, <laughs> house divided of, of love. Yeah. There's love coming from two-thirds of the fucking pie, and then just a mild Canadian sport enthusiast disdain from the other side of the table. So we'll try to wrestle our way past that. I didn't get the memo, apparently. <laughs> I'm, now I'm really lost. Well, I enjoy doing the shows for you guys. I lay my shirt out a week ahead of time. like, this is the one. Then, sure. Yeah, we do, we do what we do. Um, three movies tonight. Uh, Tubes movie, and then... Um, Hard eight and blood simple. Uh, I do like this gimmick of haranguing loud goat for not seeing movies. And then we, we watch the movies because a lot of times it's movies I haven't seen for a few years. Both of these are offerings uh, that I haven't watched in at least five years, probably. So it's fun to revisit them. Uh, Jimmy, I, f- I forgot. Have you seen any of these three movies? Uh, I watched it at the request of the show, but I hadn't seen them prior. So no. Why was that? Question so difficult that I missed something that I, I think asked he him was worried you were like asking him, "Hey, did you watch these?" No, no, I, you've always watched the movies. Yeah. I assumed I meant previously. To... Previously, I had not. Okay, good. All right, so you're going in with uh, nice with some fresh eyes. Uh, well, that sounds great. Uh, well, let's, we'll always start with whoever's selection it is. So, uh, Tuber, the floor is yours. 1981's The Burning, directed directed Yo. by Tony Malum, starring. Uh, a number of characters, including one Jason Alexander, George Costanza from Seinfeld, which was the most shocking thing I had ever seen when he walked onto my TV screen. Also, I, it, he continues the streak. I, I'm not tipping my hand about how I felt about this movie. Unless Jason Alexander is playing George Costanza, he's horrific. It's difficult. Like, yeah. he's awful. And he always, he's the same guy in the McDLT commercial <laughs> as he is in Shallow Fucking How. As he is Coneheads. in Friends, yeah. Coneheads, this movie. He's in Jacob's Ladder for a minute, too. That's another big surprise whenever you read that He movie. came from the stage, right? Like, he was a theatrical... I believe so. That and that's right. where the singing and dancing portion of his I, resume got filled out. I was waiting for him to break into a number during this thing when he wasn't being really gross and saying by the way never heard spermicide in a movie before no. never heard the yeah. word spermicide in a movie dropped casually i got like big hat tip to harvey weinstein and jason alexander for making that happen for me uh, <laughs> this past weekend my god uh by the way hat tip to you dotson had not heard of this movie mm-hmm. don't know how 
Uh, it is, and if you like 80s slashers, I don't know how you wouldn't be interested in this film. Yeah, I'll and this is pretty that. early on in the slasher, um, I don't know. Uh, genre? Yeah, genre. You couldn't um, come I out guess, with genre, brother. No, nah, I, I, I... Have a slug, please. Yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, Got some catching up to do here. <laughs> come on, have a little snort. Get that in you. There you go, illegal rare. Appreciate that. Tour no, I'm going to talk for that. 10 minutes straight. Tour 2 brought that in. Um, yeah, so uh, The Burning, 1981, the uh, for... For frame of reference, Halloween was 78. Friday the 13th was 1980. So it was just starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, the summer camp slasher in particular had really just started the year, the year prior with um, Friday the 13th. This came out the same year as Halloween 2. And I think for a while they were cranking out Friday the 13th sequels on a yearly basis. It I feels think that way, yeah. Part, I think part four they was 1984 and they held off. But yeah, pretty early on, the slashers were not the, like I would say, king of the horror genre yet because they, they really were like through the mid-80s. And this one, yeah, I hadn't heard of it until, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, there's a, a great podcast, like a Talk is Jericho episode. It's Chris Jericho and Eli Roth. And I think an editor who worked on a lot of these slasher okay. movies. And they were just rattling off slashers like oh have you seen this actually that's how i found out about sleepaway camp as well um sleepaway that's a camp, fucked up movie it, it's a yeah. it's a fucked up movie but i mean we all love it right a love is is tough um, <laughs> i love it love is a battlefield i think yeah. and i know that yes um but i i i really respect the end of that movie for how much it knocked me on my ass yeah so i yeah. really can't oh, say dude. enough about that well and the other thing is the Everything leading up to it just made you feel uncomfortable anyway, yeah. and not for the reasons that maybe it was supposed to. And I don't like even talking about a lot about that movie because if people hear us talking about it, I would like for them to just say, "Let me pop this in one fucking yes. weekend." Yeah. And it's because I had no idea what was going on, and when when it all you know, uh, you ah, I did that, and then yeah. like the movie ends, and I'm like. What in the fuck? And then there's 20 minutes of me deciding if I want to continue living. Yeah, it was a treat to bring that Blu-ray up and watch it with the two of oh, you. You two yeah. had never seen it before. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when you think the sleazy camp director is yeah. the worst part of it, he wasn't you're great. wrong. Yeah, he wasn't great. <laughs> I didn't know if these, the main group, I didn't know if they were kids or they were counselors the whole fucking movie. Yes. Because they, yeah. they seem well, 10 years older than the rest of the kids. And, and that goes to my theory of why uh, Jason Alexander's shirt was on the entire time. Because you can't hide that sweater that he's wearing he naturally got, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the one scene where he dove in and got out, you could see those shadows in the uh, side. You were really looking. Huh? I was like, oh, I was like, is that, is he okay? Oh, oh, I see now. I just think yeah. he's carrying a couple extra, and everybody no. else in that movie was there. Although there was a, bit, a very large girl that yeah. was just in every once in a while, she'd be like dragging a canoe out of the water. Or, <laughs> yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, she pushed <laughs> the dickhead guy with the mullet off the fucking uh, jet, jetty or whatever they were hanging yeah. on. My uh, my I guess my awareness and my interest for this uh, resurfaced when I saw Friday the Thirteenth Part Three a couple weeks ago at the Alamo, and you know they're playing the sizzle reel ahead of time. Of course, time. you did. It was Friday the Thirteenth. You know, I had to celebrate. I had to observe exactly. our holiday. But they play like the sizzle reel ahead of time with a bunch of you know trailers for all these other slashers yeah. that may be inspired. The trailer for this popped up, and it's a really good. I mean, I love any of the eighties eighties horror. Like, you will not survive. The burning or whatever, but uh, it, it's a really good trailer. Yo. And then that's what I, I was like: this is going to be our next movie. You won't survive being in a cipher with the burning. <laughs> you will not survive. Like if we get on stage together, I'm gonna fry you when that cipher break out. Um, it is very '80s, so it took me a couple of minutes to kind of realize this is what movies. This isn't a bad movie. This is what movies 
what they sounded like and yeah. looked like. People were away, and it, it's for a different demographic. It is what year did this come out? Eighty one. A big point I'm going to make later in the in the show is some of the movies that came out the same year Blood Simple did, and how <laughs> vastly far ahead of the, of making movies the Coen Brothers were as far as their contemporaries back then. This movie is right in the pocket for crazy fucking 80s over-the-top action. And yeah. I imagine these movies were for teenagers, right? I Absolutely. Mean, these were almost, um, they were almost like bastard stepchildren of the cinema at okay. that point. There was, uh, there were a lot of aspersions cast on the slasher, the burgeoning slasher the genre burgeoning. At, that, at that point. <laughs> and, uh, where they had started to kind of dominate the, the Friday night marquees for when you know they knew kids would go out and they knew they'd buy the snacks and they knew it was like well this will get somebody another guy chopping people up in in teenage normal teenage relatable situations the kids will come out and see that doesn't even need to be all that great right so there was a definite a, a lot of shovelware at that point in time and so picking out the good stuff that stood the test of time can be difficult this was a. I would say we watched three slow burns uh during this this one's slightly different because there was just so much it was a lot of chaos amongst the shitty teenagers yeah. with a lot of weird sexual advances it and a lot a little of soap opery. Yeah, there's parts of it I didn't really. I was like, Ugh. and there's not not one. I guess there's two. The the main square jawed guy and the the his girlfriend. Yeah. I, su I suppose I didn't want them to die, um, <laughs> but you were okay. Everybody else was really kind of candid. They were fodder. just awful, yeah. um, and that was I don't I didn't know if that was on purpose. Uh, the part where they make a raft and <laughs> everyone is so energetic and over the top, and even in the background, like nobody can just let whoever's supposed to be acting act. Everyone's going fucking crazy. It felt like almost like a, a play at, at, at times with the way. Maybe that was Costanza too. That that's that is a big weakness for me. I could not get past him being in this fucking movie. I, it's it's a, it's a distraction. It time. is. Well, I think a lot of this movie was. Oh my god, it's that person oh my god it's that yeah. guy hey look it's fisher stevens hey look it's that guy who's been on a thousand episodes of law and order hey look <laughs> it's the lady who was the reporter in blood sport and she's a focal character in the entire yeah, movie you, and I i'm just miss like, me with that one i'm just i i could not help but be like is that oh my god that's so and so so there was a lot of that it's rat from fast times at ridgemont high being the sympathetic yeah. character again but he's also but he's also kind, kind of, of a, a creep jerk. yeah, yeah a, crawling into the shower it's funny that they wanted that guy to be sympathetic but the first thing we see him doing is trying to sneak a peek at old tom banana, yeah. banana titties yeah. and there was like there was <laughs> there was no reason for that nudity which is always funny yeah there was a lot of no reason for the nudity and yeah that that is like the most symptomatic of these these this era of movies sure. right this, is they're just showing skin to show skin but even this one felt like they just kind of poured it on they hit they they went hammer down with with that and it's just like I, that's where i dove into the when we looked at who wrote it when i looked into the trivia it's like oh harvey weinstein wrote this so and he was yeah this was kind of the birth of miramax and Crazy. apparently it was also allegedly based on when i was looking up some trivia this is might be allegedly the start of his long and storied career of also being inappropriate yeah. towards people on set. Well, it's so. a lot of hey, if I, it's a lot of dudes getting real handsy with chicks who they start not liking it, but then oh, all right, let's go fuck in the bushes. Like, <laughs> I think it's almost he was doing some fantasy booking for himself. And it's really kind of the opposite of most of the slasher movies where kids get in trouble because they're quote unquote misbehaving. Where in this one, like. The one girl dies because she decided not to. And so yeah, she went right. back to shore. And it's like, well, that'll teach you to not fool around in the water at summer camp. And it's just like, wait a minute. What message is being delivered here?
I made a couple of notes. Um, why was there an open can of gasoline in dude's bed when the fucking whatever that skull thing is lights him on fire? Why not? Clearly, <laughs> he was a little strange. I mean, he was a, he was the, the the groundskeeper, right? They always have he's gasoline handy. In, he's neck, a, on his bed. I mean, maybe he's got to he jump some, out of bed and mow the lawn real quick. Some companionship. Yeah. That uh, gas can was his only friend. What? Was it the, might be, maybe he's getting stoned. You know, he's getting blitzed at night. He's got to deal with his gas. fucking kids. Yeah. What was the prank? They got, they put a really weird skull filled with bugs next to his bed and beat on the window. That was that was yeah. The, and where did they okay. get that skull from? That's what I'd like to know. That was my biggest question yeah. about the prank. It's like, so they just had a human skull just sort of hanging around? I do think it's a little lost on the audience, aside from the one line that he was beating the kids. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they, there's a couple lines at the very okay. start, like when they're playing He's the prank. He's definitely an like, abusive guy. Like, that's why they're targeting that. this guy. Because a lot of times, I don't know, I feel like it's like a, a, a prank against someone innocent that mm-hmm. goes wrong. Um, like an uh, or or like I know what you did last summer, like an accidental, like oh someone innocent was affected. Sure. But here it's like oh we are trying to fuck with this They're guy because at him. he's yeah. a bad person. But then yeah, he accidentally burns alive. And how great is that scene in the hospital afterwards, where it's like the the nurse or the technician that's talking to the doctor about like how fucked the up new the guy fish looks. Doctor, it yeah. So, the do- so arm funny. with the fucking baloney hanging off. <laughs> By it the comes way, out. the brand new doctor who looks like he's about fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you would, I fit in around here. It's like well, I'm fifty. 50 years old like, i don't really <laughs> I care about fitting in at all um <clears throat> a big lift of freddy krueger too because i believe he was like the pedophile that they lit on fire yeah but correct? that was later uh elm street i think was 84 85 really? 86 yeah. maybe it was, I think it, it it was earlier than yeah it was interesting it was i would wonder if they would been have been influenced by this origin story because very yeah, similar 84 they're all very incestuous, though. Like watching these movies, I oh, did. Yeah. I did like that if you're gonna go with the garden tool, the fucking cheers. cheers. That's and, a good yeah. way to go. And the poster, I think, is awesome. I, I, yeah, I yeah. really love the. There's a couple good ones, and it's got like almost. It's got the light coming out of the face, almost like the poster of the thing. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, uh, the the poster for this is great. It's got like a little bit of you can tell there's nudity in this movie too. It's like the couple the couple like topless in the lake or whatever. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of th- this movie has a lot going for it just as far as like the look goes. That's kind of what I dug is it wasn't th- there was like spirit to it. I really liked whenever there was a kill and then the screen went red, right? Yeah. You had like the red flash and like then like fade out. Like that's like a, a particularly that's, bad scene. Yeah, yeah, and that's like a style a stylistic choice, and I appreciate that because a lot of times and I like all slashers, right? But sometimes they are devoid of like any. Any type of vision, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's no, there's no real art put into a lot of them. It's the art is all about the yeah. kill. Where in this one, there was some cinematic flourish to it. Yeah. There was one scene. I was actually really impressed by the one wide shot of them going back up the river on the raft. I was like, wow, they set up a really nice vista, and it was the best shot in the movie. But it was also kind of like it's a pretty cool poster right there, where the river of blood, and they're actually canoeing up oh, the wow. river towards uh, towards Cropsey. Was that his name? Yeah, yes. Cropsey. I love the you know I love the garden shears. Like it, it's not it, it is its own weapon, and that, that they make that like the focus of all of these murders, right? Like you know you see garden shears, and someone's getting killed. Much like later on, it's a machete or you know the, the butcher's yeah. knife, etc. The, the knife fingers. The other thing I guess you could say was borrowed from Halloween is you had that first person perspective shot from the killer when they're hiding in the right. woods or you know you know something bad's about to happen but right. without like the heavy breathing overlay it wasn't 100 percent overdone and if you they, could say anything about this movie wasn't overdone and then they took the first person from psycho and psycho yeah. took it from peeping tom have you guys seen peeping tom by the way 
Um, we, I think we talked about it because it's name checked in that same Scream fucking like Scream Four or whatever. It oh is. yeah, they're dropping all sorts of yeah. knowledge. Yeah, I, I haven't liked any of those movies they've mentioned, so I don't. I don't think I've seen Peeping. It's Tom, good. Though. It's it's fucked up. Um, yeah. it's but it's pretty ahead of its time for being a, a movie in the fifties, and that's what I think. This is even like a line from Scream Four, but like that is like the first slasher. Okay. It's like point of view. You're then I have watched. I have watched that movie. Okay. Is it in black and white? Well, yeah, yeah it's in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it. It did not leave an impact on me, but. I, I do know this. Ninety slashers would not have happened without all these movies. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. I, I infinitely enjoy ninety slashers more than eighty slashers, whether it's Urban Legend or I know what you did last summer, Scream. I, I just think they're better movies, and I think that the bones of them have been fleshed out better because these are somewhat formulaic, and they. I like kill scenes and I like grizzly kill scenes. There was one great mechanism towards the end where he pins the kid to the side of the wall Mm -hmm. and the fucking shears are like cutting into his arm. And I was like, wow, that's really original. Like that's, you know, it's got to be real hurtful to move around, which is ironic considering what happens at the end of Blood Simple. I'm sure we'll talk about that. (laughs) um, These movies are not as fun for me just because they they don't feel as polished. And I think that's probably something you enjoy about them. Not without putting words in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's cool to go back and see how we how we were first doing this because sure. that's one thing you talk about all those Kevin Williamson movies from the '90s. They are incredibly polished. Like everything is so deliberate. I love it in Scream or in. Um, I, I don't feel as kind to Urban Legend as you do, but uh, I, I like fun. I, I like I like I know what you did last summer. Yeah, um, but I like I, I like Final Destination. Like Dude, all those fucking yeah. '90s. I like Final Destination a lot. <laughs> well, here's the difference. I'm sorry, go, but like. Here's another part about it. There's stuff that's timeless and there's stuff that isn't. Like, I went back and watched On the Waterfront like five years ago. That movie came out in 1954. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And I was blown away. And I'm like, this is incredibly gripping. And like, all the performances. That movie is 40 years older than this movie. And I just, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I think you got to be Goonies. I think if we showed a fucking kid Goonies right now, I don't, yeah. I think they think it's a cornball fucking movie. But if you watched it when you were seven or eight or 12 or whatever, it's right there in your cortex forever. This, yeah. These movies to me, and I did enjoy this movie, I didn't dislike it, but it feels like I needed to watch this when I was 16, you know, or it, in 1987 or whatever. Yeah. You know, would have been appropriate in order to really be able to appreciate it. To actually get in it, unless you're looking at it from that whole history of movies kind of perspective. It is, but it's, I, I'm, I don't think I'm enlightened enough to do it. I think times. this is kind of like going back and listening to like DIY punk music. You go right. like, well, this is really, you know, it's the, it's the kind of stepping stone to get to something else. Or it's just you appreciate it for what it is because it's even though it's stripped down, it's stripped down for a reason because right. they weren't putting a lot of budget into these movies because they probably didn't look at them as anything other than well this will be out for three four weeks some kids will go see it and then we'll never think of it again they weren't thinking thinking of these things as like lasting sure pieces of art that makes sense it's for me it's van halen when when van halen was popular i was listening to country music and i didn't start listening to rock see that. until it so now when i go back and i listen to van halen i understand how influential they are but i cannot stand their music. i was gonna say we've had the van halen yeah. discussion for and sure. the kiss yeah. discussion you and i well had that's many discussions i'm never going to go you know too too <laughs> Full bore into that one, but you're a fan, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But fan. I just don't try to, you know, defend or convince. You're That's not gonna why I don't. I don't bring it up around good yeah. either. Well, they paint their faces. I fucking hate ghosts. Okay, I just want to make sure. You, but you hate ghosts too, and I like ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't like theatricality, deception. You're not initiated. He doesn't like to be entertained. I like riffs. He liked to be upset. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what, well, what did you think, Dottie? I, I I thought this was awesome. Um, I'm really glad that I finally got to 
cross it off. And it is something that I, I was reaching out to a bunch of friends, like the people that I kind of grew up watching horror movies with, or we would just slog away, you know, nights in the dorm room or whatever. I'm like, hey, if you haven't seen The Burning yet, go watch it. Like it's on Prime, it's free. You can you can check this out right now, and I, you're not going to be disappointed because I I was not. I disappointed. paid for it. It was on Prime. Yeah, it was. I definitely paid three ninety nine for it somehow. Ah. Eh. My bad. <laughs> oh, no, I don't care. It's actually it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was really happy with this. Um, I I it was there was enough that was different about what you would think of like as the formula. Like first, of, like I appreciate that it's not a mystery who the killer is or why they're doing it. Yeah, you know, right off the bat, it's this bat. It's this dude who was ho- horribly burned. He's out for revenge. He's trying to kill kids, and the the twist is later on. You find out the the camp leader I like is that the kid. I like that, the twist. Like the, the the twist is like you're finding out who one of the campers is, not who the killer is. Yeah. And I thought that was you know different enough. And like I said, like it's got some style to it. Like the red flashes. I think that I love wherever they they shot this movie. It looks different than Crystal Lake, New Jersey. And uh, I got a lot out of it. I, I would I would throw this on again around Halloween or if I caught the, it on the, on AMC. Did Fear you Fest. guys have a problem with how long it took them to get to the kills? Like, I thought it was a long time before, I mean, he got burnt up in the first two minutes of the movie, and then there's a good 25 minutes before anybody gets stabbed. Except for that uh, that poor hooker. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't count the hookers, which is a problem with this, you know, the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is kind of wild. How I think that's gets, a fair criticism, it, by the it way. It is yeah. kind of wild how he got from that red light district to the camp pretty uh, easily. Yeah. Yeah, and also he just was able to wear a... I mean, you see him at the end of the movie, and he was able to cover all that up just dressing like Dick Tracy. That's very yeah. interesting. This is a very uh, <laughs> early edition of Dark Man. He's just kind of doing his thing out there. It's um, I, th- I think the credits said that it was filmed in western New York. Um, okay. But so I, I, again, during my trivia dive on this one, uh, I think they, some of it was in Staten Island. So it was... Definitely at campsites, mm-hmm. and I think the end scene was actually filmed in an abandoned copper mine. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was supposed to be in a cave, uh, but the cave collapsed with, before oh. they were going to do filming. Oh, I thought, well, so, while they were filming, yeah, like, no. oh, Jesus Thankfully, Christ. Thankfully, no one perished during the uh, scouting, but yeah, they were like, well, we got to think of something else. So they found the ruins of an abandoned copper mine, which is why those buildings were all there. I was like, when did this turn into an Indiana Jones movie? This is kind of wild. Very quickly. It didn't seem like that part necessarily fit the woods where they were going to be in. Uh, Jim Daddy, what did you think of this thing? I enjoyed it a lot. I would have probably really loved this as a teenager when all of that really the gory stuff looked cool back then because it was a little it was the 80s, but I was a lot of red Kool-Aid. Yeah. 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 I, I liked it. Though. I feel like, though, we're trained now to look for not necessarily a twist, but something hidden in the background because I kept looking at that poor kid that was getting picked on and I thought, God, he's a part of this somehow. But then when he started no. getting poked to the wall, I was yeah, like, all right, just, maybe not. It's whacked out. <laughs> but I can see where you might have thought. I actually thought at one point they were going to suspect him because he always happened to he oh he's the one who saw the guy and then he always happens to be out you know creeping on naked ladies when you know people are getting killed back sure. at camp and he's always claiming he's seen something in the woods but isn't and I thought he was going to end up being the why won't you believe me character but instead it was just it was very straightforward in that regard I mean I think it's interesting how how Jester put it like we've been conditioned and and I I love scream like I don't have a bad word to say about scream but, but they've kind of taught you that like there's always got to be something that you're looking out yeah. for, well, right? Reveal, there's always yeah. there's always more to it, and so it, it does make it harder to just take something like this as it is, unless you really like get yourself in in the in the headspace for it. Well, and, and even long before Scream came along, the the surprise ending, the secret ending for 
you know, throwaway B-movie horror yeah. movies was a big deal. The whole, like, do not reveal the secret ending yeah. to any of your friends. You know, that sort of thing was an announcement at the end of all of those uh, William Castle movies. So, you know, it was like, oh, the, you know, so that kind of had been ingrained, I think, in in some pieces of the audience over the years. That's a marketing gimmick, though. I think yeah. that really the year that Seven and The Usual Suspects came out for me is when it's like, oh, like, it's in, it's crucial it to the movie. Knocked me on my ear, and then yeah. like I just expected it, and then I don't know how much longer the Sixth Sense was after that, but I feel like that even escalated like 90, yeah. even more. Nine, I think. Yeah, or if you went to see a movie that because I remember seeing like Along Came a Spider and like Kiss the Girls in the theater, which which are not very good movies. I've never seen either of those. Well, I mean, I, I think Morgan Freeman is Alex Cross yeah, is excellent. Alex Cross, yeah, right? he's yeah. really really good. Um, and but they're not great movies. Okay, but. Even those had to have crazy fucking twists. The at big the end. reveal, yeah, because yeah. that's just what everyone was doing in the nineties. They're definitely you will have you will enjoy watching. They've been on movies. my list forever. Yeah. I just I just never got to them. Who's the blonde chick in Notting Hill? She's in everything. Laura Linney, I think her name is. Laura yeah. Linney, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, is she's she in, in one of those? She's in Along Came a Spider. Okay, and the other one's the uh, Ashley Judd. Yes, yeah. yes. A very uh, it was before Ashley Judd. I think was Ashley Judd. Yeah, and then Double Jeopardy came out after that, and I think that she's. I do like that's Double, a wild Double movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. I do like that movie a lot. Well, Tommy Lee Jones is chasing somebody. I'm watching. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that goes. sexy Bruce Greenwood in that movie too. Yeah. I wanted them to make a hundred U.S. Marshals movies because I was like, I like Harrison Ford, but as long as Tommy Lee Jones is chasing somebody, like Wesley Snipes is great. Let's get Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Let's, let's just have him chase action heroes. It'd be I fucking mean, fantastic. It could have made for some pretty good episodic television, to be honest. An HBO Max show, if we had such yeah, a thing back then. Yeah, you could get away with a 90 minute episode these days. That would have been amazing. Is so. he close to retiring? I can't remember the last Tommy Lee Jones movie. That I, came out. He's still old as fucking being in movies. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think that's one of the. We had talked about when uh, someone else just recently retired. I said, I, it's not something I feel like you need to announce. I think you just stop showing up and stuff. Yeah. Because if you retire, you're close. Connery did. Yeah. If you, if you retire, retire you're closing the door on it yeah. where i feel like you just eh, eh, maybe i'll do something maybe i won't but i'm not actively trying so but they do feel like like hackman was so like deliberate about it yeah and i just I, I think of him or like nicholson like you just see all the time like somehow there's still headlines like yep Nicholson is still retired. Hackman is still retired. I love when those guys walk away like that. I have so much okay. respect yeah, I, I for them it. to do it because it, it you when you think of actors, you think of ego. Like you're just driven by this need to be famous and it's insatiable. And when those guys are like, no, and I'm going to age in privacy with my family and enjoy what I've built. And then you just catch a snapshot of Gene Hackman riding his bicycle and yeah. he's 90 years old. And you're like, oh, just enjoying makes me life. so fucking happy. Yeah. Although I'd like for him to be in Little Bill, too, Unforgiven 2, Little Bill. <laughs> that would be and, fucking fantastic. And actually, that's, you know, if wrestling's taught me anything, retirement's never really permanent. You were in my sure. home watching a Ric Flair <laughs> wrestling match about yes. six months ago. So After I think he'd retired at least three or four yeah. times already. And so. he faked a heart attack gimmick because people would believe it. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, you watched Unforgiven yet? I haven't watched it yet. Woo, boy. Jesse, come Ooh, on, man. Stuff to produce a movie show if you haven't seen Unforgiven. Uh, well, Dottie, it's uh, your movie. What did you What did you give it? Solid three and a half. I, I really like this. I, I'm going to revisit it. Uh, I'd I pick up. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a Shout Factory or an Arrow there release of this. There has to be a Scream Factory, And this yeah. is something that I, I want on my shelf. So I'm going to look into that. And I, I already hit up a bunch of people saying, hey, while this is on Prime, you know, and they normally switch it out every month, check this out. I think you're going to have a good time. So if you haven't seen it yet, Watch it. Although I, I don't get it when people, I, I appreciate when people listen, but it's sure. always, it's always crazy when people are like, "Oh, I just like listening." I don't watch. That's any of the most movies. people. Yeah, I want you to understand that I don't get a lot of feedback about the show where people are like, "I watched all the movies and it was great to hear you guys' opinion." It's always like, I don't listen. I don't watch the fucking movies. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, I listen to Joe Rogan talk about shooting elk. Yeah, I've never shot an elk before. That's getting out there. That's fair. Yeah. 
You know, but I, I would absolutely suggest, especially the three movies we watched this time. Like, it's a great week, man. It's a great couple of weeks. Yeah. You got some. There's a lot of bad TV out there. I mean, look, I'm flattered that someone thinks my bullshit is compelling enough to listen without seeing the movie. So. That's me. <laughs> By the way, I think your bullshit's compelling enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm right there with you. I would say this is also, for me, a solid three and a half. And it's an easy recommend if you're into slashers at all. Um, if you're not, then obviously that might, maybe I don't, maybe I pull back the recommendation on that, but it's kind of a conditional recommendation. Yeah, my wife did not like this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of tits, a lot of like chicks being groped. It's, you know, it's, a, lot it's of, a rather mean movie too. Yeah, it's not nice. Yeah. And I, and the, the Weinstein shadow hanging over it kind of sheds a lot of light a lot on some of what you see on yeah. screen, I think. It, it makes it, it harder. makes you kind of go, oh, <laughs> oh. But, but also, is it, but uh, it, it's at least... An engaging movie, yeah. and I felt like I had a good time watching it. Feel better watching this than any Woody Allen movie. So, <laughs> and he's still, yeah, I believe he's still making movies, yeah. is he not? And he's still just sitting over there in France or wherever. Yeah. Belgium, where is he right now? I think Woody, Woody Allen's he's on the run. Polanski is in Belgium. Polanski's in Belgium. Oh yeah, he ain't. He ain't. They won't. No, 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 I liked it Jim so Jim. much. I gave it a four, Dottie. I, think, wow, I thank you for bringing it up because I really, really enjoyed this movie. I would awesome. watch it multiple times and tell oh. anybody to watch. His kids are well, crying. Well, it gets a little rapey and weird, but <laughs> a little rapey and weird. Get past that. Yeah, it's but fine. So, but so do you. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Hey there, boy. Yeah. Hey there, boy. Uh, I'll give it a three. Definitely. The only reason I'm not going three and a half is that I, I don't even think it's the, if you like '80s slashers, there's no fucking way you won't like this movie. It's a character. I think that the Costanza thing, that's the biggest sitcom of all time. Yeah. And if I see any of those four people, I just can't. And he's making the same faces. Yeah. Like that's the he's doing thing. the voice. And the hot, yeah. hot, in the cool, cool. Yeah. Like you will think, if you know the McDLT commercial, you will see it in this fucking. Yes. So that's not this movie's problem. But I thought the killer was uh, scary. I like the weapons. There's some sick uh, kills in this fucking thing. Um, yeah, it's good. There's some uh, nice mullets. Which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Three. I would not. It made me appreciate Halloween more. Ha Halloween is so less. And I think it's it's so scary. And it, I lose sight of that sometimes because it's it's it's, it's, it's kind older of slow and it's slow. But yeah. they just get so much more dread out of so much yeah, less chopping people's heads off. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's per a perfect. It's perfect. Movie, yeah. Perfect movie making. The tension is is unmatched. And I think you appreciate that more watching its contemporaries, which, oh, which yeah. this certainly is. Uh, but this look, especially for Halloween or if you're in the mood for a slasher, you haven't seen like Dotson said, like I'd never seen this. So that was nice. So uh, three. That'll be a three for me. Jester, are you up for pounding some booze? Hell yes. Well, I'm glad you are because Bobby Double L just broke the bed. Oh, that's, that's for me calling Goat Goaty earlier. That was not for Bobby Double L. Bobby Double L gets the Mench Award. All right, now, Goat, I believe it's up to you still, even though this isn't the fastest hour. I believe. Hey. Does Nino still fire yeah, up? I think so. He does on the show, yeah. All right, very good. I'm glad to hear I mean, unless Dottie wanted to step in. Did you want to do anything? Uh, it's, all, it's all you, Goat. Hey, right, there. hey there, moping. Yeah, I, won't, I won't try. <laughs> hey there, boy. You can't be upset with that, Dottie. I'm not upset. I know my role on the show, though. It's true. I mean, I stick to it. You, you just sit over there and brood. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, Jim, that's the fastest yeah. yet. Holy yeah. shit, he already did it. Yeah. Now, here's the good news about uh, what just happened with the... Uh... Did you actually try to contain that this time? Oh. No. <laughs> God damn it. I thought we were making progress. I, I thought he did, too. That's See, why he I He pointed at Goat like he was a backup. Yeah, I, what the fuck was that? 
<laughs> no, I think he was like Hogan, like you, <laughs> you know. He, was, he Darlene loved goat while was he was belching. <laughs> and then he burped right in my face. That was shitty. I've been belched and farted on by this man. All I try to do is help him. All right, you owe another one for Bobby Double okay. No. I'm telling you, you went, you went crazy. This guy went fucking crazy. He wants me able to, to pay Jim Jester. Now, Jimmy, I'm going to give you Bobby Double L's money instead of a whiskey glass. Are you okay with that? That's fine. Right. <laughs> you can't pay the fucking heating bill. Can't pay for the transitioning surgery with uh, fucking whiskey glasses. You know what I mean? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? Legal tender. U.S. currency on the barrel. Okay, hey. pay with this glass, uh, sir. Please, no. Uh, uh, Nino, if you don't mind, please. It's time to poke a hole in the side, pop the top, and say, hey there, boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I haven't heard that side of Greece in a while. Uh, thank you to everybody that is donating on Venmo or on ChadDukeShow.com. Very, very kind. Of course, Jimmy, pounding beers for your uh, opulent donations. Thank you so much. Oh. Uh, you guys weren't here last night. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. You weren't here last night when it was as bad as it's ever been. That was that, that was wasn't even on mic. That was subsonic. I call him the three banger now because like it went from just being Oh, there it is. Patrick. <laughs> I hate to summon it. I feel like I just summoned yeah, it. Yeah, you you made that happen. You made it happen. Oh boy. So they pop open the fucking Ark of the Covenant, you know what I mean? <laughs> All shit comes flying All three out. different tones, too. The second one was really all weird. subwoofer. One, yeah. of, one of them was definitely a, a tenor type of a... <laughs> all right, boys. Now, I know we have two more movies, but we have a treat. Um, the winner of the Chad Duke show stew-off yeah. is in the building. He's wearing an ill-fitting shirt. He brought... Not a singlet? Well, Joe's not... He's kind of in denial that he's a double X now, so ah. like, it's, it's fine. We're going to get there with him, but he's not wearing a wrestling singlet. By the way, some would say the winner of the dough spinning contest... Out at Flying Ace Farm as well. All Joe does is win, 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 no matter what. And what he did tonight is he brought in a giant crock pot full of stew, oh, which is oh. simmering in the back. And I thought maybe we could all enjoy some of that on the show. Would love to. Before we move on. Are we that all up for that? Sounds delightful. Tube, you're up for that, Absolutely. Joe? Jester? Hell yes. You like stew. Oh, it's, it's sustenance. <laughs> we know Jimmy's all in. Uh, yes, uh, boys, if you don't mind, uh, let's all make sure that Joe goes home with no stew. Um... No stew till Vienna. That's going to be Joe's biography. <laughs> I, I got to say, uh, is is pleasurably, is ple pleasantly surprised. Yes. Go take this as a compliment. Yeah, it yeah, did yeah. not surprise me you won the short story contest. I do take that as a compliment. It Thank is, you. And it's meant that way. It it makes me happy that Jim Daddy has come in in the top three of both writing contests. It, it yeah. makes me happy that Joe was in a stew off. And instead of what doing Ant-Man has done, has just gone back to eating eclairs out of his mom's freezer. Um, Joe is now, this is his third whack at stew. Yeah. I afterwards. Heard, I heard his second batch was amazing. It's so. the best stew I've ever had in my life. That. And I told him that. Wow. Now, he's been downplaying this uh, since he came in here. Well, so. you want to manage expectations, I think. Yeah. Well, especially when, you're, when your last round got such praise, you want to make oh, sure that, you, you know, you, people oh, aren't expecting you, too much. Yes. Do we thank have you, any... Kevin, for the stew you made. <laughs> Oh, it's the, it's the big salad fucking <laughs> syndrome. Yeah, speaking of Seinfeld. Now, he said it was, he was worried because it is a little bit more soupy than it is stewy this okay. time. But most stews I have, if people are making them, vary in consistency quite a bit. Yeah, I think there's a lot of leeway. I mean, I think that's one of the points I tried to get across when I was judging the uh, at the stew-off. Right. Was that I think you've got room to play. Like, Absolutely. There's a lot of acceptable range for, for stew. Now, you weren't at the stew-off, right, Tube? What are you looking for? Uh, I was making sure Jesse had oh, his. Jesse, get some stew? Yeah. Not yet. 
We need to we need to make sure that Jim Daddy gets some stew, or all hell is going to fucking break. <laughs> it's loose going to be a problem inside of this Jim fucking place. Oh, thank God, he's got it. Jim Daddy to the rest stew. See what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> hey, take it easy, Weird Al. <laughs> Swear to God, it's me and Frank Caliendo when it comes to impressions and fucking. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Joe is here. Uh, Joe, first of all, thank you so much for the effort. This for me. Um, good to see you, Joe Stew. You gotta. Your microphone will not be turned on because it's it's you and it's Jim and this for me. Hello, Boy, can you goes. hear me now? Hey, oh, buddy, there, there you go. Yeah, that's right. there it is. We're just gonna have me? a conversation with your sound drop there. For a <laughs> I have audio of uh, Jester whenever someone sits at that mic. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Um, take us through it, Stu. You uh, have made several stews now. You're a veteran of the stew wars. Yes. Uh, on this third attempt, I tried to make twice as much uh, stew as I did the previous you, two attempts. Because you knew you were feeding a, a whole a studio audience. Yes, exactly. And I am uh, disappointed with myself because it is not as good as the first or second batch, in my opinion. Well, hang on. We haven't tried it. First or second batch? Yes. I think it's worse than the first two batches because uh, the... Uh, the seasoning yeah, this is sucks. very salty, <laughs> I, I think, for this. And it was actually a lot more salty before, before I did some changes you're, you're, to try to fix it. I understand what you're saying, and I'm glad that you have some high standards. Uh, Jimmy, can we get rid of that pop-up ad on the screen? I know you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> um, but more salty always better <laughs> than not enough salt. I'm just going to speak for myself. And those of us that have hypertension, if you uh, if you go saltier, I got a big thumbs up from Kevin Smith over there. Um, I agree. I think you're always going to err on the side of caution if you go too much flavor, Joe, as opposed to too little. But as the stew off champion, I, I have I'm disappointed in my uh, showing today, and I, I can do better. I, I appreciate you better than this. Holding yourself to high standards. Yes. And uh, I learned the valuable lesson: twice as much stew does not mean twice as much salt. I think people are being too mean to Joe on a regular basis because he came up here just ready to talk himself down. I completely like, dude, agree. Shit, you just made this giant pot of stew for us. We we didn't do anything. All right, but it. Tuber and, and, and all of ours that are in Joe's life's uh, defense, mm -hmm. his parents did him in way before we <laughs> got true. to him. That's true. I'm not okay. blaming anyone. Like I've been doing nothing but complimenting Joe's stew effort since he's been, and it's made no impact whatsoever. Um, this is great stew, Joe. I'm really enjoying. Uh, it's, it tastes good. Thank it's you. Plenty but of flavor. I, uh, you would agree, though, the second was much better than this one. The second is the best stew I've yes. ever had. So, yes, I can say that. But I would say this is better than your first batch. You and that so. and that oh, won okay. the stew off. All right. So, I, I mean, Goat was here. He was a judge. Yeah, I think the batch you had for the, for the stew off was super spicy. And it was very peppery. Mm -hmm. And that overpowered, I think, everything else. In this one, I'm getting a lot more of the, the beef is coming through. The broth feels a little bit more well-rounded. I can see what you're saying about maybe it's a little salty, but I don't think it necessarily is a, a huge uh, mark against it. Okay, I think this is working out well. But I, I, I really want to try this mythical second round of stew. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could even conjure up something. <laughs> like if we could just snap our fingers and have some show up. Here's what I can tell you. The vegetables are perfect. For stew yeah. vegetables, they're absolutely perfect. Thank Joe. you. They're the right size, and they they have very little resistance when how, you're biting them. Without, how long did it without sit without on being the stove? Mushy. <laughs> Joe, how long did it sit on the stove? Uh, probably about six hours. <laughs> so it's three that's hours, a tremendous amount of effort. Three you hours be yesterday, and then three more hours today. Go. Oh. I, I've ordered Uber Eats four times in a row this week, so <laughs> you, you should not be so hard on yourself when you come up here and you say, hey, I'm really sorry for this thing that took me six hours to make. Here it is for free. Oh, yeah. There's nothing to apologize for here. I can see self-critique is usually the worst critique, though. Or at least for someone who's going to get better at doing something, 
that's the worst critique, and I respect that. I don't know how you guys are, but there's three things that I order every single time they're on the menu. Uh, one is a Cuban sandwich. One mm-hmm. is a big bowl of fucking stew. And the other is a um, shepherd's pie. If I ordered this, Joe, in a restaurant, and this was the stew they brought me, I would leave completely satisfied. So I understand that maybe it's, you know, you're looking at your best effort. Peloton has taught me this. You're never going to get that personal best every workout. If you guys want to hear more about me working out, just come and ask me. I'll tell you. I'll talk to you about it to your ears. Turn fucking blue. Um, I, th- this could be sold, and I would buy a big, giant fucking quart of it, and I would go home, and I would eat it happily. So I think you need to understand that. And thank you for making some. Yeah, this is thank delightful. You, uh, this, is, this is excellent, Joe. Yeah. And thank next you. week, more. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do with the salty stew in the back is... Refire it and then. Why are you um, pointing at your genitals when you yeah, say don't that? Call it, don't call it salty stew. I don't like that. Joe, hello there. I am Joe Salty Stew. <laughs> I'm basically going to use it as seasoning for the next stew. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I oh, think I think like you're being base. I think like, you're being way too critical on yourself, but you do whatever you need to do. I am not an expert you. in salty stew. You've created the mother of your your stew recipes moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Just like a sourdough starter or something. I think so. <laughs> Yeah, a sourdough starter. That's actually a very good comparison. I, I would I contribute like that. to that, by the way. So I actually, I was, I was, I have a question for Joe because I, I enjoy seeing his posts online of, of like, you know, clearly it's, it's normally just making stew. Um, <laughs> I would love to see more step by step, but is Me that too. something that you're trying to hide from? I guess, the competition's over. Are you going to be more open with that now that? Um, the stew off is complete. Oh, I didn't know uh, that was something that uh, you wanted. I, I could Absolutely. do it step by step. Yeah. I, 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 all you know, all I, I ask is for you and Dumb Ant Man is maybe you, you have all these people following you now. Maybe post <laughs> just a little bit of content for them, you know, Dude, to reward them. I love cooking. I will. I love watching people cook and like how they're doing stuff. And also, like, I don't really make stew, so I'd like to see how you're doing it. Not to like rip you off, but right. just see like, oh, th- this is like these well, are Joe's you- tips, right? <laughs> You're not ripping me off. You're ripping off Uncle Bud. Yeah, Uncle Bud. <laughs> his That's fair. Although you've made it your own now in the last two tries. Yeah. Here's when I stretch out my scrotum and I hover it over the oh. pot for at least seven to eight minutes. I'm not sure. Sh- so not- it- yet I don't want any more step-by-step. I'm good. This is where I put yeah. the bouillon tube in. Oh, and- no. Oh, God. You get the Joe drop in there. Joe drop soup. I do, yeah, I thank do you for waiting not until after yeah, I'd eaten it yeah. to do that, but... Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I don't need to see every teaspoon of paprika, right? But like, I'd like to. I. I just. I like to. I like to watch you do that shit. So, as long as your scrotum is not involved, no, sc- I would no scrotum, please. Yeah, zero. Um, is anybody available to get me another little bowl of stew, please? I'd like to have a second bowl. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. That's a little awkward, guys. You're letting Kevin do it. <laughs> a little awkward from the rest of our audience. <laughs> Jimmy, what do you think of the stew? It's really tasty. I don't. I don't care how much he wants to shit on it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. You know what? I don't care how much he wants to shit on it. <laughs> well, it's the three things that we're about: shrimp, dick, stew, and short stories. That's what we're all about. It's slashers. We should probably add that to the fucking to the next round of T-shirts that won't sell at the live events. All right, um, man. We got two more. Yeah, damn. We got. Uh, <laughs> Two more movies to get to, boys. Blood Simple and Hard Eight. Should we do a piss break and then come back? Well, first, Uh we have another selection. Oh, I always fuck that up. Thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate that. I forgive you for all those bad pictures. (laughs) All it takes is a bowl of someone else's stew. Look at that. We're all friends again. Yes, immediately. Uh, I am going back to the Walter Hill well. Oh, please continue to do uh, so. I, and this is one that kind of caught me off guard as having completely missed it over the past year. It's also a recent movie. It's 2022's Dead for a Dollar. 
I've seen the trailer for this. It is uh, labeled as a thriller and a Western. It's clearly a Western from mm. the trailer, and there are a lot of strong, at least actors with strong resumes in it, uh, not the least of which are the two leads being Christoph Waltz and Willem Dafoe. Love that. Um, which, you know, that's one of those things you like to think, hey, I could sign up to watch these guys read the phone book to each sure. other, and I feel like it would be entertaining. Uh, the small synopsis is, a famed bounty hunter runs into his sworn enemy, a professional gambler and outlaw that he had sent to prison years before. Are they reading my novel, These Sons of Ages? <laughs> <laughs> They're checking every horror trope's box Just that I love. Getting all, it out, all yeah. of it out there. Uh, the only thing that gives me some pause, it's in... I don't want to say it's an apprehensive recommendation because the trailer suckered me in and the cast is strong. Uh, the tomato meter is not kind to this at 52% for the critics. Yeah. And the unfortunate one is a 33% Whoa, from the audience. I'm surprised you selected this with yeah, that bad I of just, a score. I wanted to go with something recent. I wanted to go with a... I was just suckered in and I really wanted to watch it. And I was like, you know what? I haven't picked a new or current movie for the... Film Society in some time. Usually quite the ever. opposite, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of backups if you fellows had already watched no. this. But, uh, no, I'm just saying before, okay, yeah. you know, just in case they'd been like, nope, haven't seen it. So I figured we could all take the plunge together. Goat's trusting his gut, not the internet. And yeah. I, I fucking respect that. I don't look at the scores when I pick my movies. I mean, that's hurt me in the past. It but. has, yeah. Uh, with me, specifically. I don't like it when you guys pick bad movies. But <laughs> I don't I, like when the internet tells me if something's good or bad. Well, though. the internet, it's not the internet. It is a large group of people for which they average the score from. Yeah. That's not any one voice. That's what you're not understanding. It's called an aggregate. But we're smarter than all those people. We're, I don't know that. I, I cannot claim that. I don't know a lot about a Three lot. Three of us are smarter than all those people. And well, I'm not going to have you talk about Jester that hey. way. Now, <laughs> I, I will say this. I have chosen movies that have high scores on both sides of the tomato meter in the past and they have Blue led collar. me astray. Yeah, that one was well-respected by a lot of I cinema I want to die files. thinking of that movie. And it, it was a, a, a wrong move. I think I'm yeah. due so. for a rewatch, actually. This is going to sound weird coming out of my mouth. A lot of needless racism in Blue Collar. There was no real need for it whatsoever. Really bummed me out. It was the exclamation point on the entire movie, if I recall. I think it was. Um, it was. So, so, yeah, so I thought I'd take a chance on this one, and uh, hopefully... The internet will be wrong. It is a Western with Willem Dafoe and Christoph Waltz. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'd going to push that. play on it at some point. If it was zero if, zero. If yeah. it stinks, then here we are. I but did. Yeah. I watched an extended clip of this movie when it came out, uh, and it's them facing each other on the opposite sides of a jail cell, and it was pretty fucking good. So I can't imagine. Sounds great. Yeah. So cool. All right, uh, Jimmy, do you mind horking one more down before we head on out? Because yeah, let's do that. you do have some backed up, and I don't want you to get a DWI. Ant-Man wrote Kelly's Folly just donated. <laughs> Holy shit, can you fucking imagine? That would be very impressive if Ant-Man wrote Kelly's and Folly. That guess has come in after it's been posted, and you can review the spelling and grammar. Yes, and it's almost like whoever wrote Kelly's Folly had somebody <laughs> review the spelling and grammar. So It's very strange. Mm. We know Ant-Man is not capable of that. Mm. But I love the conspiracy theories, and I told you, Shoots Hunt Him Down is on the fucking case. <laughs> Goat weighs in number three yeah, on our I'm, power ranking. I'm actually a little nervous about this. I'm... Power ranking. Corey Reed, yeah. very upset to be at number two, but boys, <laughs> he's the only one that he can even confirm there was an anonymous story yeah, that came in, so he, I don't know. He had the access. Certainly did. Uh, so, uh, Nino, if you don't mind, please. Hey, boy! <laughs> <laughs> also, if Amen did indeed, if we find out he did write Kelly's Folly, we'll come back to this donation and give the proper credit that it is deserved. Absolutely. Of course. That one went down smooth. Jim looked like it was delicious. All right. Well, tube's already taken off his headphones. That was a twofer. Two at I'm one waiting. time. One I'm more. Waiting. Here it comes. Oh. 
What, you almost you spew? Odor? Oh, There's no. stew over here. Jim, oh. Jim, Jim, you got to fire it back that way. You got to fire it back there. Don't. I mean, I appreciate you not belching don't, on me. Don't breathe out again, dude. He just burst his lips. Over there. Thank you. Oh, God. He went. <laughs> Yikes. Caught right. me off guard. Uh, piss and stew break? Yeah. yeah right. Sounds if, good. If you are watching live on Facebook, stay there. We will be right back. But first, piss and stew, and not in that order. Bathroom breaks kick ass. If you're like me uh, on the show, you will find yourself in huge energy slumps where you're trying to destroy the show, sabotage it, or slow it down with your babbling, or just lack of attention to the product. Uh, One thing that you could do if you're finding yourself to be like Buckles would be to go to don'tsleepenergy.com, a delicious energy drink from a great sponsor. Use the Dukes promo code, D-U-K-E-S, for 10% off your whole order. They have sugar-free and regular. It is a very delicious energy drink, and it keeps the buckles away is what I will say. When you're trying to be productive or you're just trying to be competent, having focus and energy is important. And I know a lot of listeners have jobs that require attention, and a lot of listeners have tried it out. We appreciate it. So if you are one of the few that has not tried it yet, head to don'tsleepenergy.com. I have to do this read because he gave me a free hat, and I love him for it. Remember, use the Dukes promo code at don'tsleepenergy.com for 10% off your entire order. Tell him Buckle sent you. Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. Get something to drink. Yeah, that's fine. Get something to drink. Can I have one of the liquid deaths? Yes. Yes. Jesus. It's very casual. Very cash. But it's, it's a com- relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I can watch movies. I like to eat stew. Yeah. Two of us like to support the other shirt wise. <laughs> <laughs> you actually gave me this shirt. Yeah. I was thinking about that as you were har- harassing me earlier about <laughs> my wardrobe decision. Well, you know how it goes. <laughs> I do. I mean, at this point, I've, I'm definitely aware yeah, of that. I mean, look, Goat, if you're going to go to a, a DC hardcore show, you're probably going to wear a Minor Threat shirt, not like a Georgetown U shirt, Thank right? you, Tube. Yeah. Or if I go to Mardi Gras. 
you're going to be taking your shirt off for beans. <laughs> Same way we all are. Oh, man. I tell you what. I like a piss break. I like a piss and stew break mm -hmm. even more. I can see that being a regular thing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again to Joe. I was actually contemplating taking a bowl of stew down to the pisser. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the... Uh, the urinal pizza is a thing. Yeah, a nice urinal slice is something I would always endorse. But, uh, you know... It's a one-handed endeavor. Also, if a piece of, like, you know, crust falls off, it's not going to singe my pubis. Where <laughs> the stew is very hot. And it stains, stuff like that. I do feel a little bad that... And I think he was kidding, but none of us found it funny. Where I think... It, we, Joe, we were in the chat with Joe, and, and you notified us that he was bringing stew. Yeah. And then Joe said, oh, can I pick a movie? And no one responded. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> see that. Oh, really? He I said was, No one responded. I, I responded. I said, I think it might set a dangerous yeah. precedent yeah, where yeah. people bribe us with savory treats, and we let them pick movies. By the yeah. way, go... That's just goat's nice way of saying <laughs> fuck no. Yeah. But I responded. Here's the answer. No. <laughs> no. Joe, you, have, you haven't seen any movies. Every time we talk about movies, you haven't seen any of them. So, No, we learned that lesson with uh, Tor, Othello, and basically goat is the only one outside of me and Tube that gets to pick movies. That's pretty much the way uh, that goes. Yeah. I feel if, pretty if, good about that. If, yeah. if Dylan ever wanted to come on and tell him any, anything Dylan wants to watch, you so, I know I disagree because he's going to say the Royal Town of Bombs thirty-five times, and I don't want to watch that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should watch the Darjeeling Unlimited. No, we're not doing that either. They're cut from the same cloth. Going to happen. Hey, before we get into uh, Blood Simple, Heart Eight, etc. Um, during the piss break, uh, I was conversing with a couple of the audience members about Knock at the Cabin. Yes, and uh, did you see it? The M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I. No, I did not. Uh, I I loved it, mm. and I think I was I was telling some people who hadn't seen it here in the studio. If if you haven't seen it yet, you should go out and watch it. Uh, it I, Batista is like as an actor the best he's ever been. Like he's fucking he's amazing. Pretty good actor, he's pretty good actor. Yeah, he is. He's the best out of all the wrestlers that have gone to Hollywood. He is the best on screen actor. Right, like The Rock's got the action chops. The, the scene is very funny. Scene is charismatic. But Batista mm -hmm. is an is a fucking actor though, and he is. Top top tier in that movie, and, and I think it's a testament to to his ability that he goes beyond. Like when you see him, you expect he's going to whip somebody's ass, and you get a different. You get something that subverts your expectation of what you see with him visually when he's on screen, and I think that's really a compliment in my in my if I may say so to what he does on screen. Like he's he's not what you're. He's not just a meatheaded action guy. He's not just going to be on there to be the heavy. He actually carries some weight emotionally when he's delivering his lines, and you believe that he's the character that he is. He's been in Dune. Uh, he's been in Bond. Blade Runner. He's been in Blade Runner. He's been in uh, fucking, what is it, um, all the Marvel movies. Like, it's just... He's great, man. And, and we've obviously, we've all rooted for him forever. Yeah. Wrestling career and not, but I, I really think that this is like... It's something that he should be really proud of, and, and if you're a fan of Batista, go see it. If you like M. Night... Go see it. If you don't like M. Night, this has the least amount of his bullshit because he it's not his story. I was going to say, he didn't write it. So. And I like a lot of his goofy, dumbass movies. Like I like The Village more than Jesus. most people do. Um, I like I like old, but it's like... a lot there's... of whispering in The Village. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of Joaquin Phoenix sitting on a porch whispering. Uh, you don't know how I feel about you. Why won't you let me talk? Because if you don't let me talk, then I won't be able to talk. And then I won't be able to tell you that I'm going to get stabbed by my uh, long-faced brother. It's going to happen. 
Adriana, the guy that, that they can't believe they cast in Predators. He can't be heavy in Predators. He weighs 130 pounds. Look, I think it's pretty good. I, I saw the theater. I liked it. Yeah. I, I knew what the fucking twist was, and I still enjoyed it. But uh, it, it is, it is. I think Knock at the Cabin is is really awesome, and uh, it's it's like a tight 90 minutes too. Is it's it it's the worth your time. W word. I've heard it's the W word. I, no, I didn't I know that doesn't matter to you. But it's 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 not. I think people who think it is are. They're looking. They're looking for a reason to be angry. I ain't looking for it, honestly. Yeah, you're, you're not. And I think, and I like M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah, and, and you have good taste, and you. I think you'll get what I got out of uh, out of watching it. Did so you see it the visit, you silly goose? Yeah, I love the visit. Okay, goat. Now we got five movies to watch. All, All right. right. Oh my god. Right. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I gotta build the, the visit is dope. Build the master list here. Yeah, it's the dope. visit. Ah, we don't have to watch the visit this time, but put that on the list we'll put of it on future there, yeah. future episodes. Love that movie. Boys, would you like to start? I believe I was screaming and yelling about. Uh, I know Dotson's a proponent of these, but it, as usual, I bully. Bully's not the right word. No, I, it's not. You, you strongly suggest. You've never. I, I've never gotten the sense that you guys are like. Oh God. Oh God. No. This. Um, no. It was uh, it, It's exciting for me to talk about these movies. I was glad you guys wanted to watch them. Um, which one would you like to talk about first, Code? Let's do Hard Eight first. I think that's the right way okay. to go. I think that's the right way to go. Um, tough to watch these movies now, knowing what you know about where the directors went and uh, everyone everyone else on screen as well like like great the, point it's a time capsule in that regard um hard eight starring philip baker hall who is fucking fantastic yeah. in this movie it's it's akin to daniel day lewis and there will be blood where the movie is just about him um it, it reminded me of that john mm. c Riley is a goofball in this movie gwyneth paltrow um Sam Jackson is if you like Sam Jackson, he Sam Jackson is the shit out of yeah, this movie. He does. Um his character's interesting as well. It's um it's Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie that he directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his first feature. Yeah. Um speaking of There Will Be Blood, I mean you can go down the fucking lit- Phantom Thread I saw in the theater is a f- fabulous movie. Amazing movie. Um you go down the list. He has movies that I don't enjoy, I think, as much as maybe the tube does, mm-hmm. but um, you go down the list of movies he's made. He is clearly a genius. He, he's never made a bad movie. I think whether they resonate you, with you or not is, is more the question. But he's he's never made he's never made anything bad. I'm not, I'm not a punch drunk love guy. Um, okay, it's I, probably my least favorite. Of his. Yeah, I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. I was really off put by the fucking name. It's really good. Is it really? <laughs> it's I, really fucking. I'll good, probably man. end up seeing it. But um, you know all of his movies. You, you could if you when you look up his movies, you will know every single one of them except maybe Phantom Threat. I don't think anybody saw that. Um, but it's it's really good, even if you don't like movies about seamstresses. He's one of the best working directors and has been yeah. for 20 years. So Hard Eight, uh, what, what's fun about watching both of these movies is that Blood Simple is the Coen Brothers' first movie and Hard Eight is, is this guy's first movie. And you can see, you can see that he takes things from this movies and they, he inserts them in other movies yeah. that he has made. Mm-hmm. And this movie is a, it's a slow, slow build, but... Really strong dialogue, um, really, I think, grounded characters that are very worldly. They don't seem like movie characters to me. Yeah, believable people making believable decisions, whether they're good or bad, or whether you'd think, I would never do this in my life, but you go like, no, I can see where you might have. You might have a dumb friend, though, that would, too. That's what I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's like you go like, oh, oh. This is this is okay. Good luck to you. And we mentioned the aforementioned twist, uh, really solid twist in this movie. I think towards the very end, that, yeah, uh, where Sam Jackson's ca- they introduce Sam Jackson's character. You basically go ninety minutes, and 
then all of a sudden he's one of the most important parts of the movie, which I thought was a great slow burn. Um, I think that their characters change over the course of the movie quite a bit, and uh, it makes it way more interesting. Um, John C. Riley and Philip Baker Hall are pretty one-dimensional in the first couple of scenes, it seems like. I, when I first watched this movie, I thought we were dealing with old guy gets banned from a casino, he's grooming a young kid right. to go in and yeah. gamble for him. Um, so you don't really know where they're coming from, and when you ultimately find out why everything unfolded the way that it did, it's uh, yeah. What is it? The color of money kind of thing, like yeah. where the old hustler gets, you know, can't do it anymore. So it's like, hey, let me train up this young buck, and then it turns into that friction. And it threatens to be a pretty woman movie about halfway through, and they're like, middle finger. That is not what this <laughs> is at all. This is a, a Vegas waitress that's a hooker. She's crazy, and if you're going to deal with somebody like that, she's going to do something crazy. <laughs> Um, John C. Riley's a dumb dumb. You know that from the beginning, and he proves that he's a dumb dumb about halfway through the movie as well. <laughs> but he's acting, and he's acting. He's his acting ass off his in ass, this ass movie. off. Yes, he is a fucking versatile actor. Yeah, he man. is. Considering that everyone knows him, all the mouth, all the gestures of the world. No disrespect. Hi. He's in Step Brothers. That's who that guy is. Mm -hmm. the goofball in Step Brothers with Will Ferrell. But he's also, you know, happy in fucking Gangs of New York. Yeah. I mean, you watch some yeah. of the shit that he's been in. It's unbelievable. Well, and he worked with Paul Thomas Anderson for a, a, a few while because yeah. he's in he's in Boogie Nights. He's hilarious in Boogie he's, Nights. He's probably my favorite character yeah. in Boogie Nights because he does the range within that movie. He can go from being ridiculous to going to being like a very believable dramatic character as well within that motion picture. And so you're like, yeah. And he also yeah. plays, I mean, kind of like this, he plays just this like sappy love drunk loser in Magnolia, which I know, Chad, you're not as big on Magnolia. I'm not a big fan of that movie. But he's he's amazing in that movie. And like then I really think and and look, the guy is is richer than any of us ever will be, but like he the Adam McKay verse that he fell into with Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, etc. That's like You can't fault him he, for that. He's still I can't funny. fault him for it. And and, and I think yeah. he is still funny. Yeah. But like these these movies that he did in the nineties, you know, he worked with Scorsese, he worked with Paul Thomas Anderson, like proof that he's got the chops and he could he could fall back into this if we let him. And I'd like that. The scene Dewey Cox is not a great movie. But there's a lot to enjoy in it. Yeah, it's a, a collection of hit or miss vignettes. The scene where he's walking in on Tim Meadows doing drugs. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I laugh with my teeth out every time I watch that fucking scene. Those two are so perfect. You don't want any part of this, Dewey. I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. Um, it's also interesting in that specific movie where he's in some of those scenes. He's not madcap at all. Not he's at very all. much the the grounded everyman and uh, who ends up being funny because he's out of place. It's a good point. That movie really doesn't have a lot to do with this movie. No. Um, 82% from the critics, 83% from the audience. I think that's about right. Uh, the way they characterize it is absorbing, and that is a very, very fair yeah. characterization. I think critics use a lot of fucking words, I think, just to sound like they know. <laughs> it's the same way when people review bourbon when they tell you they taste leather. It's like, go fuck yourself. No, you don't. Um, it's an absorbing movie, and it's... Uh, I got wrapped up in it, man. Again, I, I've watched this movie probably five times in my life. I haven't watched it in about five years, and I just found myself sitting there. And at one point, I was like, "Oh, your my jaw was open. I just, it was open because I'm just watching these fucking characters." And it's not like there's a bunch of big over the top shootouts. It's not like it's a Tarantino clone or anything like that. But no, in '96, man, there are some good fucking movies being made in that era, and this is this guy's first fucking swing. Like, man, I don't even know how you can do that. Like, I don't know how you can come out of the box and make something that's as crisp and fucking, you know, it's not, there's not a happy ending. There's no, not much of a happy ending here. There's an ending that's not bad, I would say, but it, it felt 
fitting for these characters absolutely as well it's so polished and like the story itself the look of it too it can be really gritty but just like the way that it's made yeah is so polished where if, if you just took it put anyone in front of this and you would not believe that this is this guy's first movie because it's made like a He's a fucking artist. Man. Yeah, and, like, and before then he'd done like a couple of short subjects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. one of which was like the direct inspiration for this. Yeah. for this movie, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, same with Boogie Nights. Yeah, he made the yeah. Dirk Diggler story beforehand, and and yeah, right out. I mean, right out of the gate, man, it just it looks great. Uh, the the music he he does music cues better than I think most working directors. Like it, when I think who are the best music cue guys, it's Scorsese, Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, you can tell that they're music fans and they really know how to use it. And they're like thinking about these particular songs when they're trying to craft the movie yeah. in yeah. their head. And I mean, we talk about like the characters and stuff. This it, He's as just, just as good a writer as he is a director. And I think that's why his movies are so great. Much like the Coen brothers, right? And like, there's a lot of overlap with the good things I have to say about Heart 8. And Blood uh, it was Simple. very strange. Because well, they came up in the same conversation, yeah, if you recall. Yeah, because, because it's just like, oh, wow, like right out of the gate. First of all, like you're making these near-perfect movies. Fuck you. Like, I just, yeah. like, fuck you that that's the first thing you're ever doing. At least it's two dudes yeah. for the next movie, though. <laughs> right. Just right. motherfucker. And like, share the wealth, friend. <laughs> like, he, he is such a strong writer, and yeah, he makes these, they're just real people. Or they're so larger than life that you just, like, like you know, Daniel Plainview or something like that, you just become... Absorbed is a great word. You just immediately you, you forget that you're watching a movie, which is the best thing that can happen to yeah. you whenever you're staring at your TV. When I finished this thing, I went and I watched the Lieutenant Bookman episode of Seinfeld, um, yeah. which is bizarre to watch after you watch this. If, for those of you that don't know the episode, Philip Baker Hall plays a library detective who's going after <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld because he stole a book, uh, or George actually stole yeah. the book, I think, and it's the gym teacher can't stand you. He's underneath <laughs> with it, and he's fucking hilarious and he's so funny and you're like oh that's an actor you know that's that's why we all we all said oh i could be an actor no you couldn't you you couldn't do those two different performances um i thought that like they they kept calling him like what he what, what did uh sam jackson keep calling him old hood yeah he kept calling him an old hood yeah. and i thought like that's a tough thing to play because you were a hood but you're older now and clearly he's like distinguished he doesn't like it when when sam jackson's just cat calling a waitress like he's a different guy and then to watch him finally decide, I have to revert back to what I was, and it's it's an, it's an instantaneous. It's there. I'm knocking out yeah. the fucking window. I'm using your gun. I'm sitting here waiting for you, and I'm blowing your head off in front of the fucking hooker. And then when he points the gun at her, yeah. just like so instinctively turns, points the gun at her, and then he almost like comes back. He kind of remembers who he is. He's yeah. like, he's, he tells her to get out. Well, and you wonder how much of that might have been him putting up that facade to yeah. be to keep this shell so that no one would ever connect him to yeah. that old way of life. And so that's why he has that 100% respectful sort of outer shell. So if that cracks, then it's like, oh, well, this might come out. Like, you know, I want to keep that kayfabe up for as long as you can. One of my favorite parts of the movie is Sam Jackson reminding him, he said, you fucking said I was working out in the parking lot. Like, remember yeah. they first had that back He and was forth, not happy about that. And he held on to that, and it's like, oh, that's probably what this is all about. Like, that's the driving force yeah. behind you doing that and the fact that he's kept all of this information this entire time. And maybe that's why he befriended Dewey Cox in the first fucking place. You know, that could have been his motivation. Um, Sam Jackson's really good in this. Um, Goddamn Philip Seymour Hoffman, man. I, <laughs> I, I wish I, I have a list of actors as long as my arm that I would trade their life for his. If he I, could still be working. right I now. immediately I know your affinity for him. I love him. And I want to body kiss of him work. And as face. soon as he showed up on screen, I was like, well, yeah. this is just it's this is awesome. And I, he's I, such I, a cock I, asshole I, yeah, in this well, movie. He is the kind of person that I 
hate seeing in a casino of the absolute most. It's like, we're all just here to have a good time. Stop being a tool. He played it perfectly. Yeah. The perfect casino asshole ruining everybody's I'm lighting my cigarette. I'm lighting my cigarette. It's, oh, God. And I think for like years now, anytime one of us is watching a movie and he pops up, like Chad and I just text each other. Yeah. Like, oh, fucking God damn yeah. it, dude. I'm so sad, but I'm also so happy because I'm watching a movie with him. And I, I watched Lebowski last week and like he popped up and my first reaction is always just like, and I know that movie like the back of my hand, but my first reaction is always just like, oh, god damn it, dude. Yeah. Like, I just get bummed when I see him because he was like he was one of a kind and so early on in his career in this, too. And then, you know, he goes on to work with the same director for most of uh, he's in most of the, the PTA yeah. movies. He's in. Yeah. The Boogie Nights. Playing Magnolia. some very interesting um, characters. Yeah. He, dude, in The Master, he's doing shit that I just like, I don't think. So much. OK, but like he's a powerhouse in that. Movie. Yeah, he, he really is. And uh, and and just getting him for that one scene is so I think it's just like so special because it's used perfectly. And he's whatever we said about John C. Riley, in my opinion, he's that times two. Like whatever. Okay. And I always go back to I don't know how he can be the same guy in Mission Impossible that he is in Along Came Polly. Like I don't know how that's the same fucking human being. That's yeah. That pulls off those two performances because like it's one of the scariest villains I've ever seen. He kicks the shit out of like he doesn't. When you see him, you're like this guy can't do physicality. He, it would look weird. It would look like if Paul Heyman started throwing hands at a fucking wrestling <laughs> ring. But it doesn't. He's he's incredibly credible. Incredibly credible. I'm, I host a show. Do you have a wife? A daughter, someone I'm you gonna love. I'm going to kill her in front I'm of you. Yeah, and he's like, he's no selling fucking being hung out of the plane. Dude. And then he's, you know, white chocolate. That's, that's, that's the same fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, he's the best. And he's in this movie for five minutes. And he's he's one of the best parts of yeah, it. Yeah, it's so. definitely a cameo. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was, it was very enjoyable and surprising. He had the perfect haircut and the perfect clothes. Oh, God. And he's saying everything right. Another thing is good. I don't like gambling in a casino. I know you don't. I yeah. love I love old vegas anything about old vegas i love and this movie is not old vegas but it, it reminded me of that and it felt like it's, that the sounds and the yeah. sound editing and the music in the casinos well it's wild because i actually i enjoy being in a casino yeah, yeah. i don't necessarily enjoy gambling quite I feel so much because i hate throwing money away but um but i do love being in a casino that that first rush of all of the sounds and the sounds haven't really changed all that much it's, over, it's in the digital era they're all that same sort of you know the same bleeps and bloops over the last three or four decades. But um, I think the real kicker that got me, that opening montage where he's given him the, not montage, but where he's doing the rundown of like, I love that. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. You cash it in, you cash this out, you cash it in. And you couldn't really get away with it in Vegas. You could get away with it in Reno. So they're in Reno because it's just that level down where a guy that's known might be able to fly under the radar. So you believe the old hood would be able to to pull that off in a place like this. And it's those scenes where they're walking through that one sequence where he's walking to the table. Yeah. And it's just the one take where he's going on the little whirlwind tour of the casino before getting to the table to put his chip uh, to put his dollars down to cash in. It's like, wow. This is this is just a great it sets you right there. And that's an Anderson trademark too. Like the opening of Boogie Nights is like that. The 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 when the oil rig explodes yeah. and there will be blood. That's like one of the most tense scenes I think I've ever seen. And same thing, it's that long running take chasing him all over the field. Uh he does that and I think that can be it's not like a cheap move. It's always really impressive when they can pull that off. But yeah. I feel like it's just you're like just flexing. You, you see it a lot, yeah, and you're flexing and like he he does it, and it really like speaks to you. Just like I mean, it's like the scene in Goodfellas when they're walking through the basement to go up to the club. Like, yeah, there are certain guys where when they do it, you're just you're like, I can't believe what I'm fucking watching right they're, now. And that's an, this is an example. When, they're when not doing it. The they're not doing it just to do it. 
Yeah. They're doing it because there's a re- there's a purpose it's to this shot. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing, the shot that's stuck with me a lot is uh, at the very beginning when he walks up to the door at the diner and he's speaking, you know, Sydney is speaking to to John C. Riley's character who's Name has escaped me it's at this John. point. Thank you. Yeah, John. Um, he's speaking to John, and, and his head is out of frame. Like, his upper body's out of frame, and all you are focused on is the visual of John huddled up on the ground outside of the diner, and he's delivering his lines. They carry that weight because you're not looking at him. They yeah. have, like, that almost kind of voice of God sort of thing going on, which I, I don't... That's that's an impressive technique as well to yeah. me. I mean, this... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just the part about it, too, that really resonated with me as far as how realistic they tried to make it is we all have grown up watching, like, CSI and Law and & Order, and we think that if a crime is committed, there's going to be a, a fucking team of goddamn assholes. William Forsythe's going to show up with a bunch of hot chicks. And yeah. gonna, you're going to be caught the next day, and it's like, <laughs> oh, no, like, this, this guy is cheating on his wife, and he ain't going to call the cops and uh yeah you can shoot sam jackson in front of this woman because she's a hooker and she's not going to go to the fu- like it just it felt it was a it's a dirty world yeah that they were living in and it kind of i mean sam jackson's like the cops would have been here so don't even worry about it that's it like not we have to yeah. infiltrate the police headquarters and find out if they're working on the case and destroy the fucking like dark night horse shit like no they didn't yeah. show up so they don't care we have to burn all the evidence yeah. and make sure it's okay I like that part of it. Yeah, the the use of like perspective, like as Goat mentioned too, it's it's so huge. And I think the best example is when Sydney first arrives to the hotel room. And if you're watching this for the first time, and even though I I had seen this before, I'm still like I I almost I'm still affected in that way where he walks in and it's just the two of them, and they're they're standing in front of the door, so you don't see the rest of the room. Yeah. And he just walks in and he's like, "What is this, Sean? What's going on?" Yeah. And like I, you're so at least like when I, whenever I watch it, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so easy to just be like." Oh, he killed her. He killed right. Clementine, or she, he found her dead, or there's you know something horrible has happened. And I think it's just it does such a great job of making you assume the worst when you're looking at yeah. parts of it. Even like when he when he's running away from Sam Sam Jackson and he, he gets into the car, he drops his keys, and he's fucking trying to find the keys for what feels like an, an eternity. And you keep waiting for him to walk up and just shoot him in the head. Yeah, yeah. And then he instead he breaks the window and it scares the shit out of it you. Absolutely does. Like it it, yeah. it really is. It, it's just like it's so respectful of the audience, right? And like letting you draw like your own conclusions or like expectations of what's to come next without like saying like oh i got you um it yeah. just it's like a little more like confident what's weird about that too is that there's a very similar scene in blood simple where that uh, francis mcdormand's talking to whatever the fuck his name is and as they're talking you see his shoe start yeah. flying towards the fucking uh, yes, window yes. and it takes like three seconds and bam and it still scares the fuck out of you it's a very similar effect did you notice if we were stupid um and we spent time discussing whether or not things were christmas movies did you pick up that this was a Christmas movie? Oh, I absolutely music, yeah. did. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. There's not. I don't know. There's one decoration. I just heard the music the when, they're, when they're in the diner. The song came on at the diner, yeah. and I went, "Ha ha!" Look at that. Yeah. If, if we were stupid, we'd spend 20 minutes <laughs> talking about this. Um, I'm not a big Gwyneth Paltrow fan. I, I just, I think that she gets away with a lot because she's like, you know, she's like a sculpture in a fucking cathedral somewhere. I, I'm not. I've never. Perfect murder. She annoys the shit out of me. I mean, there's stuff she's in, like Shakespeare in Love. I think is overrated. So, like, I think that that's where she. I think she won best actress for that. Yeah. Um, she's fine, but I, I, in this, I thought she was really good. Like, she starts as kind of like a sweet, sympathetic. Like, look at these disgusting men hitting on you, and then she's she's like, okay, I'm also a working girl, and also I'm getting my fucking money. You guys can piss off. I'm sitting here waiting yeah, for the cop. Right. Like her character arc changes quite a bit in this movie. When she's, she's sitting, 
when she's sitting on the bed and she thinks that, and maybe even the audience thinks that Sydney's about to pay her for sex, yeah. right? Instead, he's like getting her a robe and like a change of clothes, and she's gonna sleep there for the night. Like what she's doing, she's like clawing at her legs. She's like pulling her lip like off her face. Like there's a lot of really, I think, like a lot of really good work, and I think that she's good when directors know how to use her. Yeah, okay. I think she's really good in this. I think she's great in Seven. She's working with Fincher. She's good at Seven. Um, yes, absolutely. I, you don't like? I know you don't like uh, Royal Tenenbaums, but. She's really good in that movie too because she's she's working with a director that really knows how to command actors and um, and has a know. clear direct vision as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that that like she may not shine unless you know she's got a collaborator. And in this case, PTA is a great collaborator. Now. What's the movie where she's a big fat chick? Shallow Howl. Shallow Yeah, comes uh, up quite a bit yeah. today. <laughs> Guess what? Still haven't. Still happy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Um, what is Jack Black in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Hal. Maybe I'll from watch what it. I understand. Maybe I'll watch it though. Yeah, uh, people are mad about that movie now for some reason. Well, <laughs> don't remember why. Because it's yeah, I can't figure it out either. No, honestly, I can't. Oh, it's because uh, being fat is bad. It is. Yeah, it's but unhealthy. You, but you're not allowed to say that. Well, he ends up with her at the end, and she's big and fat. Spoiler alert: If anybody wants to watch that movie, see <laughs> your inner beauty shines through. Yeah. Jason Alexander has a tail. There you go. Isn't There's, there a Ryan Reynolds movie too where he's fat? Uh, just friends. <sighs> Or is it best friends? Uh, or just, Jimmy's yeah. seen that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tough to give this movie a score for me, um, yeah. simply because you know where the journey's going. Um, it's a very slow burn. I, I can't imagine giving anything less than a four. Uh, it's a four, and I I think it could be higher. I really do, but I mean, I think there will be bloods of five for me. So I I don't want to put it in that rarefied air. I feel very comfortable with a four, and I wish more people... If you want to get upset, look how much it made in the uh, theater, and then start reading some of the negative scores that reviewers gave it, and you just sit there being angry all afternoon. So um, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, I'll take I, your I would, word for it. Four, it's really good. I would I would definitely recommend anybody watch it. I don't think you even have to be a, a Paul uh, Thomas Anderson fan to watch this movie. And, I would concur, yeah. And enjoy it. It's a, it's a good movie that no one's seen, so watch it. It's a four. I think the fact that it coming out when it did and that it managed to sidestep being a Pulp Fiction knockoff, being a, a great Tarantino clone, it's a very much self-contained, it's its own story. And you could tell that it's a story that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson wanted to tell on a grander scale um, for a long time, apparently. And I think it's easy a four for me as well. Um, every performance in it is fantastic. There's little details like the neck brace on the bride when yeah. he's sitting there playing the slots at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Who and, did I think that was? I thought that was somebody famous. Did oh. she? Did she look exactly like somebody? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. Oh, I thought it was um, Christ. I can't believe it. Uh, Shit's Creek, Beetlejuice, Kevin, Catherine uh, O'Hara. Oh. I thought that's who it was. That would have been. <laughs> Quite the coup at that like point it. in time. But, but yeah, that um, would have been a big deal back then. But yeah, that that little things like that, like that phone ringing in the hotel room when they've finally gotten oh, everybody calling. finally getting everybody out of the and room. And it's like, right. okay, we're just going to leave and it's going to be okay. Ring. And it's like, oh my God, what's even And happening? just the phone ring is terrifying and they don't even answer the fucking yeah. phone. Um, and it's th that kind of thing. Those little nuggets really drove it home for me. It's just extra layers of quality craftsmanship that were already on top of an engaging story. And, uh, to, to dovetail off what you're saying, when Sam Jackson is first laying down his rap about blackmailing and the fact that it's not about that 
anything about kidnapping or murder or whatever it he he you that the, the fucking swerve is about to come yeah. that i know you killed his dad that was so expertly fucking executed and the whole back and forth the funny but don't smoke in my car it's gonna leave the, the yeah. resale value yeah. goes down <laughs> i even like the sounds his leather jacket was making oh as my he was god moving yes. around the loudest yeah. leather jacket <laughs> when, when they're first driving to vegas he's like this car is really comfortable then he, he asked him to stop so he yeah. get in the front seat yeah. <laughs> the story about the matches was it didn't really I don't know what that added to his character, but I, I like that part too. I loved the quick flashback to show it too, where it was just very He's quick. It's like spontaneously combusting matches. Like yeah, lots to like about that. Yeah, I I think that there's just there's no reason to not watch this movie. It's an easy four for me. Hard, it's a four and a half for me, man. Um, I I'm hard pressed to find anything wrong with it. Like like there's what what's wrong with it stylistically or in the story or or really anything? It's I, pretty slow. Yeah, I I mean, but it's but it's tense the yeah. whole time and the whole like when you're watching it, you can't figure out why is this so tense? Why am I so uncomfortable? And then by the end, you realize it's because Sydney is tense and uncomfortable this entire time because he shot he shot his fucking dad. Yeah, and so he's always going to like have that burden or like have that yeah. guilt and just be worried that he will somehow find out. And I would say even if you don't know that, he's just so exact and demanding yeah. and very structured Meticulous. about everything. And you're like, I don't want to upset this guy because there's clearly something under the surface here. And just as long as he's being cool to me, great. But I don't want to run afoul of this gentleman. It's something I feel stupid that I didn't notice earlier. But in the very beginning scene where he's he offers him the cigarette and the coffee, which I loved, by the way. Yeah. Um, he goes, I'm a man that's just offered you a cigarette and a coffee. He goes, and he goes, never turn, what he said, never turn down generosity or never take a man's kindness for granted. He says something, something like for, that, yeah. For courtesy or something like he's that. He's being yeah. his dad. Like, he's yeah. he's taking the place of his dad, and he did it from the moment that he met him, and I didn't put that together until I think you just mentioned the fact that, like, that's why he's so on edge the whole time. But there's so many moments where he's fathering this dude. I thought he might have been his estranged yeah. dad for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's true. It drives that home completely. He feels four that responsibility. Four and yeah, a half. Four and a half. This movie's excellent. It is. It's really good. Jimmy, uh, what would you think? I was going to give it a four. I, I liked it to an extent. You want more shooting, right? I did. I wanted more action, <laughs> but you You raised... wanted the boondock scenes. Oh. Oh. Uh, I do like the first one. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize for liking a movie. I like a lot of dumb, stupid movies, too. Agreed. You brought up a good point, though, because it made me think after the movie ended, I sat there and thought, wow, I, I watched a lot of a little happen for the excitement at the end with Sam Jackson and the whole twist. But then I thought, but I wasn't bored watching whatever I was trying to figure out was happening. I forgot the fact that we didn't realize why he was so nice to John C. Riley at the beginning. And when that, that all came out, it just kind of put everything together and made it an enjoyable experience. Look at that. This, I don't mean to sound condescending oh, no. by saying this, but like, can you, if someone's just performing and like, it's like, can you process, wow, this is, these are interesting characters, or they're multi-layered, or this performance is really engaging. Like, it, I, are you just waiting for shit to blow up? I mean, to an extent, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was actually going to say that's. I feel like this review is a growth moment for Jimmy because I think so he too. enjoyed an entire movie where there I did wasn't any sort of explosion yeah. or even even in a not necessarily just a literal sense, and but like there was a lot of build to something. No revenge of the fallen in the subtitle. I mean, that's I feel good. like this. Yeah. <laughs> Nor fast or furious yeah. anywhere around the fucking opening card. I feel like this is Dark really big. Of the casino. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I did read that there was apparently an original ending that got uh, scrapped, and uh, I like this ending. So I very I'm, much like this ending. Yeah, I'm glad it, it felt did. the most right. It was the guy from the hotel like finds Sydney at 
the diner and like kills him in the parking lot. The guy from the hotel. The guy from oh, the John. Like, because finds... he's kind of in the wind at the end of it. Yeah. But why would how would he even know City? Oh, because he he woke up and saw him. Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. I know. I didn't. And also, it just <laughs> it it. I don't know. It wouldn't have felt right. No. It would just been kind of a, a no. downer that didn't need to happen. It was already pretty melancholy. Yeah. It's not like it's all that happy. It's just they have a chance. Like everybody still has a chance yeah. at the end of this movie, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Well, except for. Except for Sam Jackson. Poor yeah. Sam Jackson. Well, he's fucking white chicks had a pocket full of cash. He went out the way we all want to go out. That's the way everybody wants to go out. So God bless I didn't him. Think about that. Yeah, think about the night he had. All right. Um, so it was very, very uh, interesting to watch. Did you guys watch these movies on the same day? I did not. I watched them three consecutive days. Really? Within a day of each other. For no, me. no. I didn't mean the Daddy's crazy fucking rape movie. I'm talking about the, the, these two, Blood Simple and uh, Part Eight. I watched them on back to back days. Okay. Um, they they had a lot in common. I thought. Um, and No Country for Old Men is the top, mm-hmm. at least a top ten for me. Um, if not top five, it, it goes back. Uh, do you guys, you guys top five is vacillate. Oh, all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Okay, good. Ten, yeah. ten, ten flexes for me all the time. Okay, good. Okay, me, me too. I just there's there's you know five or six that are always going to be around. Yeah. There, Moods but, change. Yeah. And also, if you haven't watched them in a while and you you catch them at the right time and they catch you in the right way, then then that can change there also. But um, there's a lot about this that was put directly into No Country. Absolutely. For the scene at the end with the sniper, uh, was so similar to when Anton Chigurh is chasing fucking josh probably a lot of the same vibe yeah so that's always that always sneaks up on me uh francis mcdormand i mean you think about how the the coen brothers use her in fargo and all these other movies and um what's the one that we love with the sex chair uh burn Burn after 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 fucking reading it's just like you know i hate to say a human being is like a tool but like it's whatever tiger woods's favorite golf club is you know like they just they just know what to do and she's very young in this and very different than in most things i've seen her in yeah it was after this that they got married was it really her and uh, i think joel she's married to joel Joel directs ethan produces correct yes that that it seems to be like this and they both write yeah, they both write, and then they, they will also both get director's credit, but the secret has seemed to come out a little bit where Joel is more of the the visionary director, and, okay. you know, but Ethan's on set, too, and they're doing stuff. And I, I'm not, I'm not like, discrediting him as a director, but it seems like Joel is, if, if you were to choose one who's who's doing the, who's really, you know, pulling the weight, it, it appears to be well, Joel Well, one's the technician, the other one's the bruiser. Yeah. That's, you know, I the Heart you. Foundation taught us the that. The heavy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 93% from the critics, 88% from the audience. I don't know what else you're looking for. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a mystery thriller about um, basically a guy that owns a bar and his chick is cheating on him with one of the bartenders in this bar. Um, Dan Hedaya, I always say his name wrong, who is um, he's the owner of the bar. He plays, uh, what is it, Marty in this. And he's also um, he's in Adam's family. He's, yeah. in, he's in a million things. He's fantastic. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. The same year. He made this movie. He is the crazy dictator in Commando. The same fucking year. How, I mean, how Holy wild shit. is that? Yeah. This this movie was made... This movie is so far ahead of its fucking time. If you go back... I made a list, and I didn't even make... I didn't even go heavy. It could have gotten way worse. Remember that house movie we watched? Yeah. yeah. The crazy fucking house movie with the demons jumping out and George Wentz the neighbor. Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah, and, and Bull from fucking Night Court is a crazy zombie at the end. Yeah. Same year. Pee-wee's yeah. Big Adventure. Police Academy 2. Porky's Revenge, Commando, 
the eighties are coked out, crazy, fucking wild ass yeah. shit. This movie could have been made in two thousand six, as far as I'm concerned. It's um, it's way ahead of its fucking time. I have no idea what's going on every time I watch this movie for about an hour. I'm like, who's where and who's why and why? Nobody knows why they're doing it. But the, yeah. but the time you're done with this movie, you realize none of these motherfuckers have any idea what was going on this whole time. And that's the genius of it because I spend a lot of time watching this movie being angry <laughs> be like why are you doing this right why and then it's like that one piece of the puzzle falls and you go oh christ that's why he's doing it i i i did a little bit of reading afterward on this one as that's well not like you i know and uh <laughs> one of the tropes is uh the idiot plot where there's a piece of information that if someone just shared it it would have saved everyone a lot of trouble what are you describing right now Burn after reading. Yeah, I mean, there oh, are completely so many Coen different Brothers. movies, though. Fargo, Lebowski, so many of these movies they, are, they're are masterful at it. But the trick with this one is that they don't know that they're not sharing that piece of yeah. information. That's the difference that I think sets this one apart is that they're not sharing it, but they don't know that they're not sharing it because they don't know what the other person is assuming. And that's where he, uh, it took me a very long time to stop being angry at, uh, at, <laughs> At Ray. <laughs> Sounds like you're still pretty angry. Just, I was just like, Ray, why are you dragging this man out into a field? Why did you even touch anything? Well, in Ray the is office? an unsympathetic character. But he also thought that he was protecting Abby. But he still he didn't tell her, and he's passive aggressive. He's like, I guess you just want me to leave. It's like, you pouting little bitch. Right, well, you're yes. in a fucking relationship. I mean, he was a pain in the ass in a lot of ways, but he was doing it because he thought it was their ticket out to cover it all up. But still. Very romantic. He was like, what are you doing? Well, then, but you don't know that at the time. Right. Well, and then also at the same time, like, I think it's such a big deal when you, you see him in the, like, at dusk, or dawn, rather, when he's lighting a cigarette, he's just buried Marty alive, and it's this big, this wide, like, shot from the sky. He's in the middle of a field. There's yeah. a big house or something not too far from where yeah. it is. Tire and his tracks. fucking tire tracks go right out to where there is a shallow grave dug. How great is, is it? What are you doing? Body. How great is it that they do the gimmick where the car ain't gonna start? Yeah, but then it does because yeah. they like it would be almost a trope if the car didn't start, but it does. They just want to fuck with you for about yep. ten seconds, and then he's driving on the road, and the person's flashing his lights, oh, and you're yeah. like, "This is a cop, or this is and you know, just the creepiest is, yeah. dude you've ever seen trying yeah. to get him to turn yeah. on." Yeah. Fucking, ah. <laughs> I wonder who that guy was. M. Emmett Walsh is in this movie, and oh he God. is an eleven. I don't know how he wasn't nominated. For something in this movie, being this crazy Just fucking an irredeemable bastard, so sweaty yeah. too. Private <laughs> eye, very sweaty movie. Okay, you're saying that, go. But if you think about it, he says, "I won't do anything if it's not illegal," and then double crosses the guy that he thinks has commissioned two murders, yeah, for wrong reasons. Like he's an awful person, and by the end of it, he's a monster. Yeah, but does he do that because he thinks that he shouldn't kill those two people, or does he do that because he can get more money by extorting him? But he wasn't going to extort him. He, he waited to fucking get his cash, and then he murdered him. He just was gonna—he's gonna get the ten oh, grand true. either way. But he only had to kill one person, and that was the only guy that knew that he was up on the all case. The loose ends. Yeah, and silence it because he was going to have to kill three people for ten thousand dollars, or one person for. Well, $10, that's $10, just efficient. But the play putting the fucking wash your hands sign in—that plagued me the first time I watched this for hours. Where I'm like. I don't even know what that was. He took the picture out. Yeah. So we had to put something in there that weighed as much. Yeah. There's so many twists and turns. Like writing this fucking thing must have been a nightmare. Um, and then nobody's really all that smart. And and it's it leads to that showdown at the end though, which it's like in the dark and it's going back and forth between Dude, it's rooms. Masterful. 
It's unbelievably tense. Same deal. You're watching this and you're like, oh, wait, this is your first movie? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, oh, and you wrote it. Ha ha. Eat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you all. Yeah. I'll never be able to do anything ever. For that's, I mean, that's exactly how you feel. Like if you, I can't imagine watching this. Like, oh, I want to. I'm going to film school. I want to check. Oh, this is this yeah. is the standard. I'm going to drop. It's out. like watching. It's like watching Peter North fuck your chick. That's what watching this movie is like. like. Oh, really? Well, I guess I'll. I guess that's it for this relationship. Maybe there's somebody else out there go, for me. I'll just go move into a flat in Hoboken. Yeah, that that final sequence, man, where you're like you're jumping between her point of view and his point of view, and you never see what they're doing in the same sequence. Yeah. So you're always waiting for the other person's like next move is so, it's just so fucking powerful. Like you, you're so absorbed um, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. It's it's great, man. Visser is Antoine Chigurh, right? Like that's who that fucking character is. I think is. so. He's yeah. the guy that's a step ahead of everybody. Now he's not as, you know, noble is not the right word to describe, you know, that character. Not as deliberate. He has either. a code. Yeah. You know, this guy has no code. He just wants to make fucking money. Yeah. But when he realizes he doesn't have the lighter and he's like, it's dawning on him that he's got to go back. Like that part is kind of satisfying as well. Man, it's a good fucking. I, I couldn't. I was sitting there saying 1985. Like how I remember being. Yeah. I remember being that young and just movies. weren't. They didn't make movies like this in fucking 1985. Like you're still kind of shaking off like Serpico and. You know, you're getting out of... I mean, I, what was yeah. it? Uh, Scarface was, what, four years or before that? Was that 81? Yeah. This movie so, This movie could have come out 10 years ago. I mean, this like. is a year before Ferris Bueller. Like, that's the... It makes like, no this sense. Is, this is in the height of, like, the John Hughes oeuvre. Like, this is where he's making his teen romps. And those are 80s cinema to a lot of people. That Those are the quintessential yeah. 80s movies. This is an 80s movie. Like this, by the way, this also came out around the same time, and it's a foundational movie for for a career that would, you know, just be unparalleled. Like it's it's just different from yeah. anybody else's collection of of work. And Great. I, well, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, I was just saying, like, if if I were to, if you said, you know, Dottie, name who's one, you know, working director or one director from Hollywood that is like quintessential like Americana in movies and it had it would have to be the coen brothers yeah if i think about it and and you know this i don't think we were getting a lot of movies that covered that you know area of just like american life in yeah in the 80s like i said it's all it's the chicago suburbs it's you're in new york city you're at summer camp you're in california like you're just not getting a lot of um you know contemporary for 84 like the middle of the the country essentially and and I think that really stands out about this one too. They do such an amazing job of weaving comedy into yeah. really grim dire when when he goes in to presumably rape and kill his wife for or is it a wife do we know it's a wife? Yeah, they're married. Yeah. Um and he's dragging her out into the fucking yard and she gets the better of him then of course shithead comes walking out with his shirt off like he was going to do it like when were you going to make your entrance shithead well and he then, was still asleep you fuck know. that it, dude so yeah, then like <laughs> he, he, the dog jumps in the car he drives away and he said i wish i could have seen the look on his face when he realized the that was turn that was yeah. so fucking funny and then the car comes screaming out and then later the the big black guy for the, that's running the bar who i yeah maurice, maurice dude yes. when he jumps over the bar with his chuck taylor's after putting on smoky <laughs> robinson or whatever like that was fucking so great all the rednecks are pissed off like there's so many fun moments in this movie that are like light-hearted and airy and it's the exact opposite of that fucking deep book that we read. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. You can take a 
take a breath every once in a while. Go, you know how much I love rest areas? You know how much I love getting <laughs> off the fucking, the, getting off the highway and going to a sheets? Yeah. It's the highlight of the trip, it's, and it's like, they're geniuses when it comes to that shit. They give you that break. They give you, again, like we said, it's the power ballad in the middle of your set. Yeah. Like it gives you a chance to like go, okay, I can get ready to like, you know, rock out with the next song. If you've ever been to a dead it show, it's drums. It gives you a chance. All the mushroom fucking heads spin around. You get to go piss and buy a beer. <laughs> you come back and they play fucking, you know, n- not fade away or whatever they're going to do. Um, True Grit, Burn After Reading, No Country for Old Men. Um, I mean, you just go down the list of fucking movies these guys made. Lady Killers was pretty bad. I haven't seen that one. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the new one. I've seen the original one, the Alec Guinness one. Is it the, the man from nowhere or the man who knew too much? The, that is Gandolfini. The, the, no, Bill Murray is the man who knew too little. I remember yeah, that. The wasn't man it? who knew too much was a Hitchcock film, wasn't maybe it? It's, maybe it's the man from nowhere. You're having a stroke. Coen Brothers one. Um, <laughs> the first yeah. sketch of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is is the best 15 minutes of anything I've ever seen in my life. It's the best musical, the best Western, the best comedy, and the best fucking tragedy I've ever seen, and it's 10 minutes long. <laughs> um, they, these guys know fucking, they know Texas, they know the West, they know how to do a neo-Western about, I mean, if Taylor Sheridan and the Coen brothers ever like linked up and said, let's take over the world, they'd, I can't even imagine what they could do. Uh, it's frustrating to me as a fan of theirs where I'll watch a movie and I'm like, well, they should make all comedies or they should make all westerns or they should make all crime films or they just do it all so seamlessly and they also insert what they do into that genre. Mm-hmm. It's just a pleasure to watch. And then there's 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 Fargo, which is just sitting there is maybe the best movie that's ever been made. So. It's, per- it's perfect. Fargo's, it's a perfect movie. We've done that word around a couple times tonight, but Fargo is perfect. No Country for Old Men is perfect. But, and I would say the big benefit, and I, I don't know if it's a benefit that sounds like it's denigrating the other stuff, there's not as anywhere near as much quirkiness in this movie. This might be the most... Because Raising Arizona is about as quirky it's, as yeah, it gets. ridiculous. And only, that is, only a couple years later, too. Yeah, it's this off says the two, two years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one has it, it. Everything feels really grounded, mm-hmm. and everybody's very, I guess, normal for lack of a better term. There's not a whole lot of like, oh, that guy's offbeat and wacky. It's like everybody's <laughs> just kind of like, oh, that guy's kind of sleazy, but yeah, I could see him being a real person that exists in the yeah. world. And it, I, I like Barton Fink, but all of Barton Fink is just like weird. Yeah. Like, well, this is odd, and uh, you, it's that that whole movie's like a dream sequence. Basically, I kind of indulge. I mean, I'm sure yeah. guys get they, they indulge. I think it's great. Oh, and and that's Shit. the thing. That's why I wanted to make sure it wasn't a condemnation of anything that came later. It's just it's intriguing knowing what we know of the Coen Brothers now that this one is very straightforward. I won't say by the book or by the numbers because it's definitely not. Um, but it's just it it doesn't have that layer of wacky that, that some people came to none expect. of us have mentioned oh brother where art thou yeah i believe one best picture did it not or at least it was nominated for it uh, there was i mean so many nominations in that uh, they are responsible for tim blake nelson basically being where he is i mean th- think about the actors that they fucking just take them i mean i'll take their coaching tree over list someone maybe tarantino you know maybe scorsese but you think about the people that they fucking ele- yeah. elevate and they bring with them, John well, Goodman. I th- yeah, I think the difference is like Tarantino, Scorsese, they work with a lot of leads, right? They work with DiCaprio, Big De Niro. Names. Like those are all, those are leads. And Cohen's, they're, they're known for working with character actors. Right. And, I, and, you know, good, you're just lifting them off. Tim Blake Nelson, Goodman, John Turturro. Like these are all character actors and that's how they've made their entire careers. And they're, 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 they're amazing. They're not handsome. Yeah. They're, if they if they fucking look like Leo, they would be in the Aviator, but they're not. I have more respect for these guys because they're there just because of their talent. It's like what Larry David did with Seinfeld. If you fucking watch Fridays, 
which nobody did, but Goat probably did. Uh, yeah, thank you. Larry David just hired everyone <laughs> yeah. from Fridays that, Save me the that nobody's ever seen. Do you know what Fridays is? I have no idea. It's a show that was supposed to go in competition with Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Michael Richards was on it, and they, they okay. did okay. sketches, but they were like the punk rock version of Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah, there was a lot of drug humor. Yeah. There was a lot of... It was over yeah. the top. But all of the fucking, like, the, the rabbi from Seinfeld, like, a bunch of the, the women, it, it, he just, he took his band of merry men and put them on this vehicle... That he got greenlit because of Jerry, and they all just crush and they murder, and they're every they're every fucking character you remember from that show, and that's that's what the Cohen brothers do. Well, yeah, and to a lesser extent, I I guess the roster's not quite as big, but that's the Paul Thomas Anderson players yeah. also have big a time. lot of recurring people. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it's not Clooney, but it's not. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. They're 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 like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you have that character actor level for for Paul Thomas Anderson, but with yeah the Coens, it's like holy crap. These are A-listers yeah. that are that they get to just sign on to do these projects. It's a bad example because Clooney is their guy too, but I, I just think that Scorsese's guys are De Niro and yeah. Pesci and, De, and, De, and DiCaprio yeah, and, and all those guys. DiCaprio, yeah. it's like oh, these are the biggest movie stars that have ever that have ever lived. Um, yeah, I don't even I don't even know. What do you What do you give it? So this movie's a strong four. It can't be a five. It, no, because I mean they've made fives, and I think it's pretty like clear. I, I think they made a couple of perfect movies. Yeah, they have, and and there's not a lot wrong with Blood Simple Two. I think it's a little more. I didn't see Blood Simple Two. I'd watch it. I'd watch <laughs> it right now. Is it Greenland? Blood I'd Simple Two. Up. Blood Simpler. So like, swap this direction. I just gave Heart Eight uh, a four and a half. Right. Like I think there are things about Heart Eight that are a little more deliberate than Blood Simple. And I think it's just like more like refined movie making. But this is it as a debut, it's incredible. And kind of the same deal where like it's tense the whole time and you can't really figure out why until the end when you, you realize like, oh, because none of these fucking people know what's going yeah, on yeah. and they're all on their own paths. And it comes into that that classic Cohen's like crescendo of everyone comes together and then it's it's hell. And that happens in Fargo, it happens in No Country, it happens in Lebowski. Like that is their they're one of their like trademarks in sure. their movies, and it always works. But these are dumb people. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it's yeah. just like with Hard Eight. Like we're thinking these people are movie characters or superpowers. Oh, they're a bunch of the guy owns a bar, yeah. and the shitheads that work for him. And that whole time he's looking at that incinerator and looking at that incinerator, and he's like, "Oh man, someone's getting burnt up in there." Nope, nope, nope. It doesn't mean a fucking thing. Yeah, a and jacket. That, yeah, yeah. And that's the real world. Like, and then he goes, "Where's my windbreaker?" <laughs> like the next day, it's like you moron. Yeah. It's just like, it was great. And I was still really angry at him at that point. It so. seemed like you... Uh, oh, I was bitter at Ray. So, yeah. <laughs> he spent a lot of time watching this movie disgruntled. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> when, when Dottie goes like, I know, you spend a lot of time being tense and not knowing why. I know why. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, mad yeah, at yeah, many yeah. of the people on yeah. screen, but for good reason and in a in an entertaining, well-woven story kind of way. Um, I'd say this is an easy four for me as well. Um, it's definitely, like you said, there are, there are vibes, there are set pieces that feel like kind of the student film version of No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Um, definitely setting the template for some stuff that they would they would come back to over the course of their career. No less entertaining, though. It was, it was all riveting from start to finish. And the fact that Abby didn't know that Marty was dead until the very, very end, that's tremendous. And she thought it was him in the fucking bathroom. Yeah, at no point does Ray go, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, Marty got killed. You know, he doesn't even say he did it. You just... Maybe let somebody know, but I, the fact that she thought that's who he—that's who she was shooting through the door, 
and then that's the big reveal at the end, and it's just like, wow. How, like, gra- how great was the scene where he gets stabbed in the window, and then he's got to punch through the fucking wall. Through the drywall, to, yeah. To pull the knife out. I'm going, you're missing your chance. You better get in there. You've dazed the boss character. You better get in there yeah. and take him out now. She's, like, paralyzed by fear. Yeah. And, like, you... Mike Tyson just winked at you, little Mac. You better fucking start throwing. (laughs) But it's like you kind of understand it because, like, they've built up, like, they've built up all of these paths so well that, like, I'm not, like, so much, like, screaming at her, like, get out, get out, get out, the way I'd be watching, like, a Freddy Krueger movie because, A, I think, well, she's a a terrific actor. Right. And so it just is, she plays, like, the paralyzed role very well. She's not cowering. She's not crying. She's not screaming. She doesn't know what to do. And I think that's really smart on their part, too, because all of a sudden it's just more effective towards your audience. I also say that they know how to write women characters really well. I, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of actors. They're like, well, we need to write a strong woman character. So she's just awful and screaming and yelling and, and, and cursing. And, and it's like that. this isn't. That's not a place of strength. If a male character was written this way, you wouldn't say this is a strong character. This is a, a strong character, but also very believable in the role because these characters felt like they were real people yeah. for most of the time. So they're really good at that. And they, again, they, she's the Swiss Army knife for, for these guys. Um, I'd love to know what Jimmy thought of this movie. This movie was not for me. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I'm so happy. He doesn't like adultery. Uh, no, that that part I was sold for. Oh, can't relate. <laughs> I, I was very confused the whole time. I yeah. couldn't figure things out. Listening to you guys though talk lovingly about it makes me want to go home and watch it again. You should watch it again. I've watched it three times and I didn't understand anything until probably the halfway through the second time. It's, okay. be, it's better on the rewatch. Yeah, right, that makes me feel better. Yeah, because I was I was lost the whole time. Like, what the fuck? Why do they think this guy's alive? It was it was a whole thing. Coen Brothers are like that though. Like, so No Country for Old Men. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Okay. Do you remember anything about it? Let me guess. You saw it a long time ago. Uh, no, I do it? remember okay. something. He had the cow throttle that he the, killed people with. The mo- cow throttle. The cow throttle. That is, <laughs> by the way, I thought he's headed up to fucking Baltimore to the 8x10 to see cow throttle this fucking weekend, <laughs> and he is going to throw the horns. Um, <laughs> no Country for Old Men is about Tommy Lee Jones battling with getting old and, and feeling like he is no longer capable of performing his job. I didn't understand that until I'd watched it 75 times and then had someone smarter than me tell me that's what it's about. Did you enjoy, like, the performances and the experience and the roles? Like, there is a scene where um, the Adams Family lawyer is dragging her out of the fucking house. The Adams Family lawyer. And, like, that snake music from fucking, from There Will Be Blood is playing, and they do this yeah. crazy fucking Jaws shot where they, like, roll in on them. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was fucking awesome. And it's just a random scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so masterfully executed that you just sit there like, God damn, how do they come up with that? I do love this has a little bit of the like the 80s B-horror or like what I would call them. The Some of e- them do. The, the Evil Dead shots. When, when the buzz, the, when, the, when, the, when the he's sitting out back oh, and he's talking oh. to the guy and the fucking bug zapper goes off and he goes, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. That was, that was actually a note I wrote down. I was like. Did they time that? Is that a special Dude, effect, or did they just be. do that a hundred times until the, a bug flew in at the exact Sometimes, right time? Yeah. When when Abby sits up in panic after the nightmare that she has, and it's that quick, like sprinting zoom in on her face, that is right out of a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. I mean, you know they were friends, and so Sam Raimi and the Coen Brothers. Um, I mean, that makes sense. They, I, I didn't know. They've that. been producers on each other's movies at least through like the '80s and '90s, and uh, there is a, a lot of there are a couple times where I'm like, oh shit, like. I've seen Raimi do that before because I think they went. 
I think they went to film school together. Um, but well, that's a horror movie because that's when he's dead. She's having a dream, yeah. and then blood just starts pouring yeah, that's out what of I'm him. Saying. Yeah. Like you can you can see the like the not the collaboration but like oh these two have they've exchanged ideas before and, and technique before and you know especially so early in in their careers Dan Hedaya yeah fucking Dan nice. Hader boy he's fucking did you like him Jimmy do you remember him for any other movies yeah I mean he's a big character actor I mean I definitely know him from the Adams Family okay yeah. right. well I love the Adams Family so I won't shit on you for that <laughs> game, um so you didn't like it. I mean, it was fine, but I I wouldn't watch it again if I hadn't heard this conversation. But you think you might now that but you've I'm, heard it? But I'm definitely going to now just cool. to give it another chance. Excellent. What would you give it? I would give it a two. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That makes me so mad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, stop being sorry. We didn't like what you it. like. Yeah. Dude, the movies that these guys are saying that I don't like are beloved fucking movies. Everybody <laughs> loves the movies that I can't stand. If it doesn't touch you, then it I'm doesn't. A little, I'm a little upset. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I would think that anyone watching, there are things in this movie that I think anyone could appreciate, so that I'm a little surprised. Um, there's shooting in the movie, Jim, and there is. stabbing. And the weird, I don't know how the gun went off when he was already dead in the room. Francis McDormand's know. nice to look at. You know, you She's very pretty. She was pretty. pretty. Yeah. Yes. That's some high dollar pussy you got there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he kicked the gun. Yeah. Is that why it went yeah. off? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was shuffling. That's how he knew it was under the... Uh... Although it would be very Coen Brothers. There's that scene in No Country where Tommy Lee Jones goes back to where Josh Brolin gets fucking murdered. And... Javier Bardem is sitting behind the fucking window, cool. behind the door with the shotgun. You just see this this crazy snarl, and he ain't there. And it's crazy, man. That means something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means, but I, I think it means that Tommy Lee Jones was confronting his fear of Javier Bardem of of, of Antoine Sugar's character because he feels overmatched. I don't know for sure. I mean, the Coen Brothers do do. In your defense, Jimmy, they do funky shit. In they their do movies. some high concept things. Yeah. Yes, that scene is so fucking gripping when he goes back. Because he knows that he that Chigurh goes back to the scene of his crimes and like, kicks that fucking door and is standing there with the pistol and sits on the bed. Oof, I gotta go watch Shenan Country as soon as we get. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think I know <laughs> what I'm doing. Great goddamn oh, movie, so good. That's never a bad call. You got a Scroogey, and that's one now. where you think you'll catch. Oh, I'll, I'll catch a little bit of it. And yeah. then you, you're nope. sitting there for the whole, whole fucking time. movie. Man. Yeah. It, happen, it happens every time. I will turn it off when uh, Berlin sees that chick at the pool and goes, beer leads to more beer, because I know he's about to die. So I'll flip it off every once in a while right then. Just just to keep him alive yeah. in your memory. Also, but, I get emotional. That part where fucking Tommy Lee Jones is talking about how his dad's riding ahead with a horn of fire yeah. so that like, he'll be ahead of time. Like, that is such an unbelievable speech. And then the movie just fucking ends. But I mean, also, yeah. like, the, the end it's when the it's- The rug out from under I, you. I, you with blue balls. I can never remember her name, but the, the actress from Train Spotting, the wife. She's the wife in, in No Country for Old Men. Take you, I'll wife. take you in the back and screw you. She's just like, when she's sitting there talking to Sugar, it's it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like, that's where, like, not only are these mass, massive talents, but these guys know what they're doing with these talents and, yeah. like, with their actors. I just think that's such a big deal. And, like, we, we keep harping on both of them, but, but Cohen's and PTA both do that so fucking well. This is a great double feature. It really I was. Mean, I think this was the best accidental programming we've ever had because <laughs> I could totally sit someone in front of the, you know, sit someone on the couch and say, we're watching these two back to back and you're going to have the best night of your fucking life. And they're both under two hours. Yeah. They're in and that, you know, 130, on 140. HBO Max. Yeah. Both available to watch. And now I will say one thing that Blood Simple has over No Country for Old Men. 
Uh, no Country for Old Men doesn't have any Toots and the Maytals songs in it. That's that a great of. point. So, you know, appreciate you pointing. Check out. Oh, in that, the plus column. Also, I want to be in that bar. I, there are so many cool neons yeah. in that fucking bar. The pinball I, tables, the jukebox. Yeah. Like there was so much cool. So there's arcade games, and then his office was real cool. I still can't figure out the ceiling fans. They use so many great ceiling fan transition. Oh, shots, absolutely. Yeah, I felt like the fans were supposed to. Signify David something. Lynch does a lot with ceiling fans too. Take your I, word I feel for like it. that's like a. I don't know. I, I, I've seen that motif before, and I've never really figured it out either. But they're both associate. Both of them use them in kind of like a dreadful sense. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Like, you I look at it, and you're like, just like, I, I know I should feel bad right now, but I don't really. know I just why. love ceiling fans so much. Yeah. It's difficult for me <laughs> to feel that way. I'm, I'm going to mirror what you guys said, not what Jimmy said. Ironically, um, <laughs> it's a four, and honestly, it is being. It is. It's probably a four or five that I'm giving a four to because of their other work and because, you know, just the burden of expectation when you watch their other shit. Um, it's a great fucking movie. The fact that it is their first movie, it's crazy. I wish I could be. I wish I was wired differently. I could be happy for them. I, I can't. I am so <laughs> mad at how I wasted my opportunity at life. And um, you know, I'm not saying that I would ever be able to do what they did, but man, it just come out of the box, and I I can't get away from how early in. In time, this this movie was filmed in 1984. Yeah, can I deliver a hot take? Six years before Ghostbusters two, <laughs> think I mean, about fucking that. It was the same year as Ghostbusters. Yeah, I I think Blood Simple. We're talking debuts from directors who kind of all hit their stride at the same time. I think Blood Simple, Heart Eight, both better than Reservoir, Mean Streets, Reservoir Dogs. We're talking like debuts in that same era. I, I think Reservoir Dogs, which is a great movie, great movie. I I. It's so overexposed now, though. Yeah. Like these, nobody watches these movies. Like you could walk into a room and, and ask ten people if they've seen these movies. They'll all say no, and they've all seen Reservoir Dogs. I hear what you're saying, Dottie. I also, it's so much. I've, we've talked about this, guys. There's bugaboos in movies. I don't like drowning. So whenever there's a one reason I love Hunt for Red October is there's not one instance yeah. in that movie where anyone's drowning and they're just doing cool submarine shit. I hate gut shots, and I hate when guys are writhing around with gut shots, and it's. Two hours of Tim Roth writhing around with a fucking gut I, shot. I think, yeah, I think Reservoir Dogs is a a I don't know if it's a more seminal piece of pop culture. It's an ausp- it's more auspicious because it's just so like well known. Yeah. It's so referenced and everything. I I definitely think that Blood Simple is a better movie. I completely agree. Yeah, I, but I, every kid in college has got a picture of those assholes walking up the fucking yeah. street in the suits. Because if I could it, go back because it's more kick my own fucking ass. Dude, well, believe it's, me. Like, <laughs> I, I think. Well, that's and I mean, one. I think that's a to me that's the result of Tarantino's affinity for dialogue, for catchy dialogue that's easy to quote, that's easy to follow along with, that's like snappy. Right. There's not a whole lot of. I wouldn't say there's a lot of snappy dialogue in either of these movies. Everything's a little bit more purposeful. It's not as there's no like you know argument over who's Mr. Pink. You know, there's no, no there's no none big of those, long-winded Madonna vagina fucking yeah, speculation. There's no three-minute YouTube clips from these movies yeah. that you could just go to and watch a million times. And be like, yep, I love that movie. And it's just you you kind of have to sit and watch this whole movie, these whole movies, both of them. But if you to do, really get it all, if you do think about it, go the the scene at the very beginning with of Heart Eight, where they're talking in the diner, smoking cigarettes, and then the scene where they're sitting on the back porch, and you got a guy that knows this other dude's fucking his chick right now, and they're going back and forth. I mean, but those aren't as fun to quote. I agree. As other people, I think as, they're as they're, they're be, more yeah. affecting than yeah. They're they're more affecting than they're not digestible. Boxes. Like yeah. like it 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 just makes you feel a little more strongly. I think like I Reservoir Dogs, I think makes you feel excited. Like you're you're amped up and and you're laughing, and there is great like tension and action in it, but. I think Blood Simple makes you feel like it kind of twists your gut a little bit, and so does Heart Eight. 
um, maybe because characters are a little more relatable. I mean, everyone in, and I'm, oh. I'm not trying to pull apart Holy Reservoir shit. Dogs. I think it's a great movie, but everyone in that movie is a cartoon character. Okay. Yeah, and these people just feel so real. Follow up movie better Pulp Fiction or Raising Arizona. Um, God, I, I love Pulp Fiction so much. Yeah, I know. I, I don't. I don't know if I am. Qual- I've only seen Raising Arizona once. And I've seen Pulp Fiction so many fucking times, I just feel like it's almost unfair. You really only seen Raising Arizona once? Yeah, just the one. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I watched Blood Simple last night, and I was like, maybe I just go from beginning to end with the Coen brothers, because I love doing that shit. I did it with Paul Thomas Anderson last year, and uh, I I think I'm going to revisit Raising Arizona. Do it without Arizona. sleeping? Yeah. Um... Do you just Is start on like a Friday evening to or? this show or not? Uh, <laughs> um, if, if we're going, oh, and Boogie Nights is Paul Thomas Anderson's second movie. So yes, uh, Boogie Nights, yeah, dude. Fucking Raising Arizona and Pulp. Fuck these guys, man. I know, right? <laughs> I God think. Damn. I think Boogie Nights is. It's like Master Puppets and Ride the Lightning. Fiction. It's on. It, kill them all. Oh. Fucking. Um, it's Boogie, hard. Boogie Nights I, is more impressive than Pulp Fiction. I don't agree. I think Pulp Fi- Boogie Nights inspired nothing afterwards. I know it's a great movie. Pulp Fiction inspired to this day people rip off. Go watch Smoking Aces. The pile of shit that movie is. It is a fucking direct Pulp Fiction ripoff. But are they doing that because it's easier? Maybe, dude. But Pulp Fiction is a great movie. It was that's nominated for Best Picture, and it has been more influential than arguably anything that's come out in the past 30 yeah. fucking Look, man, years. You're, you're, it's like you're asking me to choose between my friends Chad and Goat. Like, this is I a very I, I already know how that would go. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to move right in where that bubble locking machine should be. <laughs> that's where Dottie's cubbyhole would be. Leave in there with a VHS player and a fucking big vat to put the tears in. We I will watch, say, we my, so many movies. I was gonna say, my wall of optical media will probably be bigger draw. So. <laughs> Is there follow up movies? Can you yeah. fucking imagine? I think for me, Pulp Fiction gets a lot of credit for changing what people expected out of mainstream movies as well. It was, it was a Completely shift agreed. in what you saw, where Raising Arizona was still kind of looked at as. Well, that's a weird little art film from those two dudes, and it's kind of wacky. And there's, oh, you know, you're being very dismissive of Raising Arizona. I, d- I don't think it's, I don't think it had that same general impact. People looked at it differently, I think, than Pulp Fiction. I would agree. There was that. That's more what but I'm, I'm getting about personal, at. When Nick Cage is running with the with the pantyhose on his head, is the running diapers. through the fucking grocery store yeah. with the diaper, <laughs> like that is. Laughing with your teeth yeah. out, fucking funny. And I mean, playing hot potato with a baby in a in a car seat. I would argue that the fist fight inside of the fucking trailer, harder easy, let's go, hi, where they where he scrapes his fucking knuckles oh, yeah. on maybe, the stucco. Maybe, maybe I'm watching that tonight. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I I laugh so hard. Oh, he's spinning him around. Oh, like John Goodman yelling in that movie is funnier than most other he movies. Is, and boy, that is from the middle of his soul, dude. When John they, Goodman when they get out from the ground, when he pulls William Forsyth up yeah. out of the mud, that's yeah. funnier than Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison combined. That twenty seconds. Oh. Oh, they Just, come out of fucking prison oh. when they think the fucking babies fall off the top of the car. <laughs> and then the fucking asshole biker that fucking the shit that he does. Yeah, watch I'm, watch I'm watching that tonight. Son that's, of a bitch. That's yeah. Tex Cobb, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's like, oh, I could I mean, where's he? like I could confuse him with anybody What's else. What's he doing? Is he still with us? I don't believe. I got to bring him into the I next show. I can't imagine if he is. Yeah. Where's his grave? We're visiting it this weekend. <laughs> Coach talk- and I are fucking taking a motorcycle there. <laughs> it's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. <laughs> We're talking three major players who like really hit the shred in the 90s. I mean, is there any? Fincher, I guess. I'd put Fincher in there. Um, uh, when did Memento come? Memento. That was 2002. Oh, my God. 
moment. So Nolan, Nolan, Nolan was until the 2000s. I got you. I got so you. I, I would I'd Fincher and I mean maybe that's it. I can't really think. Uh, of I guess was you know like Scorsese was the 80s. Yeah, 80s, 70s, Maybe not even 70s. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Taxi Driver was 76. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I fucking completely discounted. So it was him and him and like Coppola, like that that era of of that. When was Raging Bull? Raging Bull was before Taxi Driver. No, it was right? 80s. I think it was 1980. Was actually. it really? Yeah, it'll run. 78 together. or See, 80. I, I watched those all as like a fucking you know in my early 20s, so it all just kind of runs together. By the way, Raging Bull like. Don't it's, even start. It's, it's not one that I often like. What? You don't like it? Yes, of course okay, I like it. I was it. just making sure. I, I, thought, I thought like, you were just about to go to Raging Bull's Good yeah. Jag, and no, I wanted no, no. to stop you right now. Well, just when, when you're like, oh, I'm going to throw on a Scorsese movie, that's not normally where my brain goes. But then every time I watch it, I'm like, why the fuck don't I watch this more often? Here's the issue with Scorsese is he has more reps than I think a lot of these. And Paul Thomas Anderson's one of those dudes that like... His pitch count's low, man. He's a fucking closer. He's not a you know guy that's going to go out there and throw <laughs> a buck twenty. Scorsese makes some shit movies. Like he makes, there's some bad movies yeah. that are in there. Um, even though I, I mean, good, I think Goodfellas is the best movie that's ever been made. Like I, I think it's very, I feel very comfortable saying that. Um, even more than The Godfather or whatever you would okay. compare it to as a contemporary. I don't know of a, a movie. It's as funny and as slick. And you mentioned the soundtrack. Well, why are we talking about Goodfellas? Well, why, why not? I think yeah. it's the best movie ever made. It, Goodfellas is, is what I wanted to say. All right. Um, with those, and then, then like, there's actors in that movie. Hot take Dukes. I know. I know. I like Goodfellas. I know that's a, a bold statement, and I'm here to make bold statements. <laughs> Agreed. You know me. I go right out there on that ledge, goat, and I wait for someone to pull me back yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, you just <laughs> ride the edge. I'm like when Hook is waiting for Smee to stop him from committing suicide. <laughs> I say things like Goodfellas is good, and I wait for you guys to go, oh, shit. Slow down. <laughs> hey, no notes, man. So, wait, what you're saying is you also like The Godfather? All right, what's your perfect movie then? What's your best movie? No, ever I made? mean, I, what's your best movie then? Big Talk? Let me guess. Mystery Alaska. No. <laughs> Slapshot. There is there is Goon. never a moment in time. <laughs> is it Goon? <laughs> no, God. If Goon is your favorite movie, I'm walking. No, there's never a point in time where I won't sit down and watch the remainder of Godfather Part Two. It, it's I, mean, I know that's again that's a hack take. It's it's again I, not get at me all. Off, get me off that ledge, but like you like it better than the first one. I do. I don't know how you can. I, I honestly I do because I like the background on Vito in in Old Sicily. I like I like the I like the competing parallel timelines. I, I really like the just the overall vibe the, of what's going on there. The best part in the whole movie may be when he's trying to negotiate the rent for that lady that has the dog. And the guy doesn't realize who he is, and then he comes back to his office when he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it's just kissing his ass. Like I find that so satisfying. And Hyman Roth is a fucking virtuous cunt. Oh, like he is just awful. Oh my god, yeah. is he the fucking worst? Yeah, and but I still think, dude, Brando is Vito. I don't know how you're gonna do better than that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I I don't necessarily. Again, it's not an aspersion on the first one. Like ideally, I watch both of them back to back if I've got the day. To spend watching them back yeah. to back. You never watched but the epic cut? I haven't watched the saga or whatever in a long time, yeah. like where it's the complete chronological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like the flashbacks. Uh -huh. I like the way it's woven together in the parallels between Vito, young Vito, and yeah. Michael's did, rise. Did either of you guys ever check out Coda? The like the recut, the final I've seen cut of it three several times online. I've almost dealt it, but I don't want to watch the third one ever. Again. I have so got I, it. Yeah, I have it's, the, four, it? the four. The It's, set, it's sitting right? on my. It's yeah. sitting on my it. shelf. Give it to me. No. Well, let me borrow it. Okay, yeah. I'll let you borrow it. How about this? No. I'll you can borrow, borrow it. Copy. Yeah. I'll, buy you, I'll buy you a copy. No, no, I want yours. Um, I'll, I'll, okay, then I'll buy I, myself I still, another copy. I still haven't watched it, by the way. All right, chill. You guys have to answer this question. Uh -huh. uh, 
James Caan, Al Pacino, Marlon Brando. Okay. That little. Fuck, Mary kill? No. Because oh. the answer is fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then kill myself. Hold on. Uh, De Niro, Pesci, Leota. Who? In those roles. I, De Niro, Pesci, Leota. I think because. Sonny Corleone is the shit. I know. His he shoulder is. hair is better than most people's entire acting career. <laughs> he walks out of the wife beater cursing at people on the phone. I just want to watch it forever. But I think you're right. Joe Pesci and fucking Goodfellas. There is no reason to be intimidated by Joe Pesci in any movie ever. And in those two movies, in Casino and Goodfellas, he's, he's the, the scariest fucking guy on earth. Yeah. And that's why when I watch Home Alone, as much as I watch Home Alone, it bums me the fuck out. Because at some point they decided that he, oh, he's the short guy. He's, he's Hornswoggle. He's not fucking Hornswoggle. No. He's not Hornswoggle. He's a fucking menace to society. Yeah, he'll stomp you out for a minor insult. And then you watch Lethal Weapon 3, and you want to put a fucking belt around here's, your neck. Here's why I, I, I think I go with that trio. is I think they're more in lock with Scorsese than the other three were in lock with Coppola. And that's not – that is in no that's way so a dig. That's so tough to say. But yeah. I think like those they, they had made movies together beforehand. They really all under – I think that's why that movie is so it, – it is yeah, perfect. I mean, they all – know exactly what they're Duvall doing. Duval yeah. is so fucking good as Tom Hagen. You yeah. don't even bring him up in that fucking but conversation. I, I would bet that Coppola is not as synced up with those actors as Scorsese but he's was Coppola. with his guys. Yeah, he was. He's Coppola, and we're talking about, I don't know. I also think that that trio in Goodfellas, the the they benefit from the characters they're playing and the relationship they have. It lasts, you're right. It lasts longer. Yeah. The relationship and it's in not the like father and son and brother. Right. It's like three guys who are just like intertwined at a and almost very cellular level. And there's, yeah. very different. there's more of Goodfellas when the three of them are on screen together than in The Godfather. I don't think anyone that that was in a in their 20s and the 70s would agree with us. I don't. I think we That's have fair. the we, we we are looking at it from a different set of circumstances like with the benefit of knowing where mob movies went after oh, it's that. like it's like the the sopranos the divide in who thinks you know the 70s movies are better than the 90s movies like that's like dialogue in the show i don't know how you can beat late mid to late 70s movies by and large They're the best that was the best era of hollywood yeah. oh, it, it always will that be. is a fucking debate right there I, I would i would like to listen to people talk about why they feel a certain way about comparing those two trinities um, in those two movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're going to say the best movie ever made, I will say Jaws just because Jaws is perfect. But I don't know how you compare anything to those. Jaws is man versus beast. And this it's all just about, like, humans consuming each other. That's why I think G Gangs in New York, the ending, while I wanted those guys to rumble again, it's so powerful. Like, the message is none of this shit the you world guys is just did. so made, much bigger. It just didn't make any fucking yeah. difference whatsoever. I had a professor that always was on a jag about uh, Sidney Lumet over Scorsese. Well, that's a really tough thing to say, but... But it, but it, he he always made a really good case for it. I mean, he dropped you know Network Serpico Dog Day mm. Afternoon. And it's like, tough. The work that he did in the seventies. First and 80s twenty minutes versus, of Network might I mean might be better than anything we're talking about. That, that movie Network that is fucking movie man incredible. And I mean it's it's one of those things where it's it's a shame that it's boiled down to the rant. Yeah, like everybody goes, oh Network, I that's know, the movie where the guy rants. But it's it's, it's such it's, a fucking unbelievable scene. Exactly, and that it deserves to have been elevated above that movie. But the movie on the whole also deserves to be uh, looked at again. But what's what's Pulp Fiction? Does he look like a bitch? I mean, stupid people are going to ruin everything that we like. Yeah, and we can't true. let them. Jester, hi. <laughs> have you seen Network, Jester? No, I don't know what that is. Man. Are you familiar with the I'm Mad as Hell? I'm not going to take it anymore? Yes. That's from Network. Nah, okay. he, he knows that 
But that's what I mean. That line, that moment, that's why people will go, oh, yeah, that's from a movie. It's not just a random like clip that's been circulating for what is mammoth right uh filming all this though like i mean if you're going to talk about a run and all the movies he's responsible for writing and i would also say that fucking coffee is for closers is a better speech than i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to mm. take it anymore put that coffee down and that's the only thing he does in the whole fucking movie is the fucking alec baldwin walks in and just shits all over fucking jack lemon and he goes out there and feels bad about himself <laughs> jesus we should watch movies all right um oh, that was excellent so, uh, one last thing. Uh, it was a story that uh, Bloomhouse is uh, going to start making video games. And um, one of the things that I immediately asked the tube when he walked in here was, oh, wait, wait. We all gave our scores for Blood Simple. Yeah, four yeah. and Jester gave it a zero. <laughs> Jester said he doesn't like movies. Yeah. This, this movie made him hate movies. He's going to go home and erase that hard drive. Yeah, he, th- he thought we asked him how many times he's worn a condom in the past 10 years. So he said zero. Um, <laughs> well, he had to overpay for them from Jason Alexander. So he said, no, thank you. <laughs> Can you remember that? <laughs> how many masturbation jokes did Jason Alexander make in that I fucking movie? I asked for lubricated. I got you, man. Don't even worry about it. I got you taken care of. Then he said spermicide. <laughs> fucking gross. Remember the guy wanted Hustler and everybody was making fun of him? Yeah. Like, who hasn't jerked off to Hustler? Um, That's why you're not supposed to use your right hand. <laughs> that movie fucking was crazy. <laughs> Donnie, that was a crazy movie you made as well. a hell of a journey we've had. Um, Blue, uh, Blum, Blumhouse? Blumhouse. Blumhouse is making uh, video games. They're responsible. Have you guys seen Hush? Yeah. The Deaf Chick? No. That's 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 Mike Flanagan. Yeah, great fucking movie. Okay, watch awesome that. Movie. Uh, Get Out, Megan, uh, Hush, uh, The Invisible Man, which was the W word, but it was still pretty good. Um, they the make Halloween ba- reboots. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of really good horror movies. Pretty much the Black Phone. Yeah, uh, Freaky, which which I like. Yeah, I like. We, I think we, I think Sinister is also that was. House. I believe Freaky was our first uh, official FFS pick. Oh, it was it really. That yeah, that makes sounds sense. about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was during COVID too. I think it was on on demand. Uh, that's the Vince Vaughn one where he's he switches yeah. bodies. Uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which is actually excellent. If anybody oh. has it, it's the sequel. Don't watch the first Ouija. <laughs> yeah. Watch the second Ouija. Isn't, that, isn't it the same thing with Annabelle? Isn't the second Annabelle supposed to be really way good? better? But the the first, I turned off the first one. Yeah, way better. I I know, but you're you're angry about mainstream horror. Yeah. Uh, but Mike Flanagan again, Ouija Origin of Evil. That was his, his first directorial movie. A uh, split. Whole, I mean, it's every horror movie you've seen. It's uh, yeah, they're, they're known for they they make low budget horror movies and make a shit ton of money i like that they bit. know how to market and they don't look low budget they look yeah. great i think that's the impressive part that their roster of movies usually look pretty damn slick and didn't they just combine with james wan didn't they just fucking yeah the james Wan's working more uh I, they, maybe a, a new like sub-production company or a distribution company i or thought something. that was the case uh, well yeah. i mean that that can't be bad um I was surprised, and, and Tube pointed this out to me. I, I brought this topic up for a different reason. Um, is they're going to do original games, which hmm. I don't think is a bad idea. But man, I you know I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to develop some of these uh, movie IPs into to video game properties, and I would trust them better to do it than Marvel or Star Wars or any of these other entities that have struggled over the years. Yeah, I guess it depends on the type of games they're going to make. Because yeah. if they're going to do probably scary games, well, but I mean, like if they're doing the Kind of what's become the norm for the you know big AAA tentpole game is the movie that plays a little bit, you know, movie okay. with some interactivity. Where if they're going to do a little bit more off the wall, kind of unique experience games, maybe a little bit more first person y, a little bit more, I guess, like twists on how video games are played. Like this, this feels like the kind of thing they would do 
where they would kind of turn a genre of video game on its right. ear a little bit, try something a little bit more um, off the wall. So maybe that's where you need an original story to kind of play around a little bit more. I get what Goat's saying, too, because I think I, I feel like the last couple of games, I mean, I would say closer to 10 years now that we've gotten that are horror movie IP, they're all just like the reskin of the Dead by Daylight gameplay, right? Where the Friday the 13th game, yeah. it's the same. And Evil Dead, Predator, by the way, or I, own, left, I own all of them. I'm stupid. Or Left like for Dead, them. like a lot of those yeah. squadron-based fucking yeah, zombie yeah, yeah. games, too. Um, Although I'd say Resident Evil Village is a departure from that. That was fucking terrifying. Yeah, but that I mean, Resident Evil has been, you know... Uh, uh, an establishment. I understand that, but decades. there is a big booty bitch in this fucking game <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. that I've watched a lot of porn afterwards. Yep. I, that's I, I all I have. Do you have believe. links, by the way? <laughs> I mean, I can send you. <laughs> Just type her name into Pornhub yeah, and you, you won't even believe you what you're You don't have to search. I have it bookmarked. Uh-huh. What? Huh? Um, Just remark that. So you got a lot of video games over the last 10 years. Get that out of here. <laughs> Based it, on horror IPs. I think develop. Did you guys play Evil Dead? What did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I think it's actually the best out of those types of okay. games. Uh, like you I, said, they're all the same. Because well, also uh, the Evil Dead has more of like a campaign style, or at least it's more single player friendly, which I appreciated on it. Um, it's way more fun with a group of people, but I think they do the the production and the sound and the look better than the the previous iterations. Predator's the worst one. Yeah, Predator's the really most bad. disappointing too. Yeah. I would say. Um, Friday the Thirteenth is good but people got so good at that game so fast that it wasn't fun to play they don't drop the price of predator because i think enough rubes go in there just looking for a game and they're like Dotson. here's a predator game yeah well that's exactly what i did too and uh, <laughs> it's not a lot of fun we'll see what they do uh jimmy you uh you've been skirting on some of these beers oh no Bill chesley needs a beer from you right now and we will announce the movies we are watching for the next episode of the fortress film society right after um well, the name on his uniform says Chris Minnelli, but of course everyone knew him as um Hey da boy <laughs> It's my favorite one personally. <laughs> the Sergeant Fury hater boys gotta be the, the number one seed. How's that one sitting, Jimmy? Sitting all right? <laughs> Is it coming again? You never want to ask. Where, that where do you question think of, it's where do you yeah. think it's going to go? I don't know. I think I'm okay. You gotta ask if if Jimmy's coming again. The answer is yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the three name bandit and Rich Mordecai both donated enough for one final beer, which is very very generous. Thank you to all of our donators on ChadDukeShow.com and of course Venmo.com slash ChadDukes. Very much appreciate you. Helps me pay the boys. Keep the internet internet up went up seventy five dollars a month. Anyone keep cool. It cool. Cool. Right. Cool. Yeah, got cool. Notice. Got to put in a hard phone call. Oh, I'm gonna bet the two thousand on the hard eight myself. Calling up Cox <laughs> Business on fucking on Monday. Uh, Nino, hey there, boy. <laughs> God damn. Two for Tuesday. They get a rich and three named Bandit and Bill Chesley and Ant Man's wrote Kelly's folly. All the nice people. Corey Rita. All the nice people did it. Bobby Double L. Fucking bitch. Bitch. Fucking bitch. You know what? I'm sorry, boys. I know we don't like to do it here. Uh, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. Damn it. Nah, There's yeah. no fucking way that can't happen. That was a... That, wow. It, somehow, this bean is going to make things smell better in here. He, 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 he did scales with it. That he, was... He did. <laughs> Lion you, face. You just ha, lemon face. <sighs> What'd you get, bud? Oh, we don't have any more of those. It's uh, old bandage or pomegranate. Well, spin again then, please. Oh, all right. Spin again, please, Jim Daddy. 
Barry Blue or toothpaste? Spin again. Spin again. God damn it. We know that you don't like toothpaste. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's peach or barf. <laughs> You've gotten that one so many times, Jim. Damn it. I bet this is peach. There's I, no way. I fucking hate this one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so angry. Oh, God, God, it's peach. Get the yeah, fuck yeah, out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. We all win. <sighs> Such a mm. bummer. That's refreshing. I thought he was. Oh, oh I, I had a bomb coming. <laughs> <laughs> a bomb. All right, I'll just give it to you. I thought he was Mario cosplaying there for a second. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, no. You that's know what terrible. I always <laughs> say? Time to that offensive you. Ten out to fucking you. Boy, this. Who's right? All right. Um, so we're going to just move on from there. What? Oh, boy. What are you, Stone Cold all of a sudden? Uh, what are you, Steve Austin or something? We all got right. two more movies to announce, right? Two more. Uh, so what was Goat's movie again? Dead for a Dollar. Dead yes. for a Dollar. Available on... It's it's on a cable network at the moment. Hang I believe on. it's... I can... uh... Give me a second. I know it was available other... on Showtime this month. That's okay. the reason I was very excited about it as well. Fair enough. Uh, the first of the... Th- uh, the second of the three we were going to watch is called Drop Zone. Which was made in 1994. It is an action film. It stars Wesley Snipes and Gary Busey and Yancey Butler, who, if you've seen Hard Target, is the smoke in Hard Target, who is very cute. Ah. I watched 30 minutes of this movie, and I was so <laughs> fucking excited that I immediately texted the boys. It might I, have been I in all caps. I can't believe I've never seen this. Jim, you all right? Yeah. I, we all heard that, right? Yeah, that was uh, Sam Jackson's leather jacket, right? <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> uh, drop zone available on Stars, and you can, can I, rent it. Can I can I tell you what this movie's about? It's a it's about skydiving bank robbers. I can't hey, even tell you how great this movie is. <laughs> I watched thirty minutes of it. Gary Busey is coked out of his fucking mind the whole movie. He has a gang of skydiving bank robbers that kill Wesley Snipes' brother in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Of course, they blame Wesley Snipes. He's got to go rogue, and then he infiltrates the skydiving community and wait for it, Key West. It is fucking amazing, and I can't wait to finish it. I'm sold. I turned it off because I was so fucking happy. This must be a communal event. I have to fa- I have to thank my wife not only for putting up with my flatulence but also she said I think you'd like this movie when she came up on the guide and I said don't put that on that looks stupid and I've never said anything more stupid in my See, fucking and, and lo life. and behold there is an army of character actors in this movie you're going to recognize everyone in this goddamn movie they're jumping out of planes. They're, the kills are so over the top. They blow up a fucking plane and somehow it lands. There's there's police detectives going, all right, Wesley Snipes, give me your badge. And he's like, my brother was killed. He's like, fuck you. It's, oh, my God. It's so perfect. And he punches the chick in the first two seconds of the movie. You guys are going to love this fucking movie. Well, now we know the draw. Um, <sighs> by the way. Uh, Dead, I love it so much. Dead for a Dollar is uh, available on uh, Amazon and many other streaming services for a nominal fee of just a couple of bucks. I don't even so. Is that a movie we're watching? Yes, Dead for Is it Drop Zone? It's not Drop Zone. Oh, it's, well, then I'm confused. It also starts with a D, but, you know, it's not the, uh, not the same movie. I would invite you boys to... Um, 
watch the trailer. I know we never say watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. Something for tells drop me. Zone. Yeah, this will be more enticing than a spoiler. <sighs> it's right around Passenger 57. It's right before like executive decision. It's in the pocket of just some amazing schmulty fucking <laughs> 90s goddamn shit. I just can't wait to fucking watch this movie. Um, the other movie is a gangster movie that was in the... Uh, I was listening to an old episode of Ron and Fez. I was telling these guys about it. Um, where it's voted in the top 10 gangster movies of all time. I've never heard of it, but it's Anthony Quinn and Yafet Koto, 1972, across 110th Street. Again, watch the trailer for this motherfucker. It looks like it's just, it, it's when movies meant that they were movies. And we all love Yafet Koto. And apparently, yeah. a lot of people think this is Anthony Quinn's finest performance that he's ever turned in that, of wow. course, wasn't in um, Last Action Hero. I was Hero. just about to yeah. say, not the Last Action Hero? So both of these movies will be... Uh, We'll be watching. Nice. Oh Can't wow. Play. Yeah, this looks. This this looks do look at the poster for that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, this looks strong. Yeah. Jimmy will hate this thing. <laughs> so we go. We're getting our seventies fix. Huh? Getting our seventies fix. Talk yeah. about how great we love the seventies. Seventies and nineties. Yeah. And today, <laughs> it's like the best radio it's station. The, it's, <laughs> the only radio station that really rocks. Even the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did we get all of our donators? I think we did. I think we did. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the Duke's promo code. Looking for energy drinks, sugar-free and regular. 10% off your order. Locally owned. Loves the show. Solid dude supporting. Don'tsleepenergy.com. Duke's promo code. Thank you to everybody that has already ordered. Very much appreciate. And, of course, get your laughing hats and your Chad Duke Show candles and shirts on Commonwealth. Trygoods.com, and I'm exhausted after talking about Drop Zone. I'm all steamed up after some energy drink, and I could just go on talking all night long. Well, I'm tired of talking, Dukes. I just want to bet the hard eight and oh, yeah. get drunk. Where? <laughs> Where do you want to get drunk? At the casino. No, no. Where do you want to go up and get drunk? Up in my shack? Huh. That's where I was kind of aiming for. Okay. Oh. AMF. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>